Hello, Asymmetry listeners. This is uh, Aaron Packard, curator of Pacific Bonsai Museum, and uh, I have the honor tonight of introducing the uh, the podcast. Yeah, we just finished up a great conversation with uh, the lab artists, Austin Heinzman, Ron Lang, and Ryan Neal, and really getting to sit down and uh, celebrate the completion of this journey um, that we've all sort of gone on to find out uh, where the limits are in bonsai. And uh, the conversation sort of meanders all over the place, as you would expect when you get uh, a group of friends together to talk about things that they're they're really fond of and, you know, add a few drinks in the mix. So uh, sit back, relax, and uh, join us as we all raise a glass to the end of uh, the end of the lab. <laughs> Can you hear us, Ron? Yeah. Did you get a haircut, Ron? I've never um, seen you from this view before, like slightly under your head. Under your head. Like from the chin ball. up. Yeah, could you angle down slightly? <laughs> <laughs> What are you drinking, Ron? Nice tea. I was gonna say a little little sweet tea down there. Do you put North, sugar North in your Carolina? tea? No, I don't put sugar in my tea. I never really did get into sweet tea. I didn't understand that at all. It's too sweet. I straight sweet. straight up tea is good enough for me. Yeah. Nice, I'm nice tentatively on the tea wagon. I'm not a true convert. Mm. Yeah. No, I'll have it when I'm sick. But, I have it at night, but sometimes coffee or die. Yeah, I have no interest in tea unless it's iced tea in the middle of the summer. Wow, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hot. It's nice hot at night with some milk. Mm. I got into that last winter. Do, do they have iced tea in Japan? Like, um, like green tea? Do they green? Yeah, ice? they do a lot of green tea. Yeah, they drink a lot of green tea. Can you ice green tea? That doesn't mm. seem to work. Does that, it? I, I, I think they that. bottle it and, and cool it down. Okay. Well, yeah, so. maybe they do have that Nestle. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. 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 And they also have milk tea, which is delicious. What is the milk tea? What's the tea in milk tea? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a British tea product. Marketing. It's just really milky tea. (sighs) Royal milk tea, man. (laughs) It was amazing. I drank that. I, you know, it wasn't until my last year of my apprenticeship that I found coffee. Really? Yeah. Did you you never drank coffee in high school? Never drank coffee in high school or college oh. or for, through five or college. Of, yeah, th- through five of the six years of my apprenticeship. Jeez. Yeah. Was there not yeah. much coffee in Japan? Was that not that done? Was a ton of coffee. Or you just really weren't woke to the whole thing? I just didn't know. I wow. didn't know. I did not the know. The boss, the hot, you know, mm-hmm. boss yep. vending machines in yep. Japan. Yes. Got it. That's how you just keep going. Yeah. They think there's like a lot of Starbucks. I was 10 times more productive in my sixth year as an apprentice. <laughs> Just jacked. 10 times more productive. Oh, man, I was on coffee train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're sugary and delicious, Kohi. too. Kohi. 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 Mm-hmm. So, Ron. Yes. You ready to get esoteric with us? I don't know. I think you guys are ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> We miss you, that's for sure. Just a few paces. I have that feeling you're ahead of me, esoterically. Uh, But anyway, yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to let let Bourbon take over here. There you go. Here's Reggie. It's a perfect perfect time in in the evening for that. Have you guys thought about the lab at all since we stopped, or was it just like that just happened and that was the end of it? Um, What was that, a week ago? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Just about. Yeah. One day. Yeah. I mean, shy. I kind of got wrapped up in other things this mm-hmm. week. Yeah. The week kind of took over. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're definitely not going to go with uh, Zoom. Is that correct? I think I think probably not. No. Okay. I'll just I'll just turn the stuff down. Okay. Okay. Sorry if that screws no, you up. No. That's no. No, I can hear fine except I can only see half of Aaron's face. <laughs> the better half. We're, no, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna rotate. We're gonna rotate you throughout the yeah. night. We're I gonna can, oh, we're gonna okay. rotate you. I can see you, Ron. Put him on a. Uh, we're a all looking at you. Get, yeah. those turn, get the turntables from downstairs. Yeah. You just spin them around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come here. Come here. Come here. Can I get the. Is that you got a dog? Yeah, I got the dog. Got the dog. Hmm. What about you, Aaron? What's the vibe been like at the museum? Yeah, we um we went right in f from the lab to our uh, branch out event we had. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was you know from one one event to the other. So we basically just got things cleaned up like kind of today from just throwing everything in the sheds as we were closing up. And so yeah, trying to get back to baseline just getting so just a ton of stuff happening yeah it's just the post post event you know debriefs and Oof. next next steps and you're trying to catch your breath but you're also can't quite yeah. do that how did branched out go it went really well um the content was really cool we had nils who's been working with us on the mm -hmm. lab he did uh uh we sort of pre-produced it because you know having a fundraising event during uh pandemics probably not quite the you know quite on the table so anyway yeah. we went online and uh did a digital pre-recorded event and uh yeah it's, it turned out really well so, nice yeah people haven't seen they should go check it out on our youtube channel very cool very yeah. and this is a walk through the the current exhibition yeah it's 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 uh we have a taiko drummer kind of introduction musical kind of uh, event and then um few interviews with people and then kind of focusing on the exhibit as well cool so yeah that is that that exhibit is intense it's intense it was, it was really it's really great the amount of information in it yeah we had someone from the uh seattle club i talked to and they were just like you know trying to take in all of it but by about halfway in mm -hmm. just like oversaturation yep presentation's yeah. really nice too it's nice it's immersive I, I would say it's the most immersive experience i've had at the museum yeah, and we really tried to, you know, creating like a built structure, you know, adding on to the actual display itself mm -hmm. was that was a total first. I mean, the site's been modified in the past for other exhibits, but um, not to the fact that we're actually like framing out and building yeah. out and trying to actually like create some sort of quasi, you know, uh, immersive experience like that. Yeah. Especially in an outdoor setting, it's kind of a challenge. The detail was there too super cool yeah it was fun it was really cool yeah it's a lot of work I, well i mean i think the, the benefit of it is you're gonna be leaving it up for a while yeah yeah so since we had to postpone it we originally <clears throat> were planning on opening in may but again that that got pushed back and um so the plan is to have it actually go through all of next year as well mm -hmm. so october of 2022 2021 um it'll be up so and we also have a few more things that are coming we've been trying to phase back in and so there's kind of a lot you can't get all done at the same time yeah yeah it makes so. sense did you uh did you reference the yamaki pine you know i had all? i had originally considered it um we were actually in talks with dc to borrow um not that not that tree but another one and it just sort of fell through um primarily due to um covid um and sure you oh, know yeah. that'd be, but that'd be um, no we we there's so much information that I had to take out. It was, there's a lot on the cutting room floor. And so that was part of yeah. the 
that had entered my thought process at one point in time, but I, um, I really wanted to focus on the tr- like actual trees that we had, and so um, sure, you know, that was uh, that was part it's of the just process. Such a, it's such a powerful, powerful story when you think about it in context. That I don't know how many years after the actual bombing was that was that well, all the trees from Japan donated to the to the arboretum. You know, it was mm-hmm. just a, an amazing story. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so there's you know quite a number of trees that have these really special stories that we're just trying to highlight in the exhibit. Mostly because of the, uh, the artists, the Japanese artists who, uh, who, who worked on those trees. Is that correct? Yeah. Or they're Japanese American artists. Yeah. Who, who can, oh, okay. who are responsible for most of the trees in our collection. Um, and then we've used some of the Japanese trees too, as more sort of references to what was happening there at the time. Um, right. So yeah, if, again, if people haven't seen that too, to come by and take a take a look, they have some time though. So yeah, yeah a lot guys, going guys on. Got a solid chunk of time. Got a solid a lot chunk going of time. on. So yeah, exhibit opening, lab, and then branch out. So we're so I was on, on the way down. I was just trying to get my thoughts in order and uh-huh. you know get some get some more or less hear from what you guys ha- are thinking about. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> it was very interesting to. Uh, to see the trees all together in one single space. I think like I've thought a lot about that and there's just a real, there's a real journey in each piece Mm -hmm. that's present when you see it, particularly having been a part of it. And um, there have been people I've seen on social media that have been asking about documentary and what's going to happen with Mm -hmm. the film and stuff like that. I I think um, taking people on that journey was the most valuable part of it. Yeah. I think, you know, we tried a lot of different, it was all every every one was a different uh, experience and an experiment. So we tried a lot of different uh, strategies for for figuring out how to engage people from session to session, and you know, learned a lot. Um, I feel like each session had an individual. It did. I mean, everyone was different. It. Like, it was. I mean, it was. A, it did. It was. There were four really distinct events and uh, very different energies. You know, part of each one. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's interesting. Just to you know the architecture the audience and then you know the artists really kind of like in those different combinations there was always another you know vibe that was happening at the same time <laughs> yeah yeah I, I the the thing that sticks out to me that i wanted to circle back with especially you ron is you really emphasize context uh, you kind of continued to echo context through a lot of the discussion on saturday and kept right. t- and kept telling Aaron to think context, think context, and I, I wanted to come back and just kind of like uh, digest what you meant by that. Like, what are you thinking about when you're when you're throwing that word out there? Because it's a fairly fairly well, broad term. Yeah, um, I think the way bonsai is traditionally normally approached is it all begins with the tree. The tree is the tree is informing the stylist. The stylist works with the tree. So, I mean, in a way, that is its own context. I mean, it becomes this aesthetic object that's brought along over the years. Uh, it then finds it, you know, it finds itself an appropriate container that 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 that, that relationship finds a appropriate stand. Whereas what I think Lab did um, that was interesting to me, I don't think I thought about this initially 
But I think what Lab did was to recontextualize and saying, you know, I mean, the basic premise was what happens if you don't start with the tree? And then what if you give, what if you give the tree some, what if, no, no there is no tree. What if you create a context uh, and then throw that out to see how the, uh, the tree responds to that context or actually how the, the bonsai stylist responds to the context and how that might influence the tree and on and on. Um, the, it's, I use the term site-specific sculpture where, um, and this was a big thing in the, in, the, in the 70s, 80s, where sculptors would go out on sites and basically spend time in an environment. I mean, that environment could be an urban environment but also a natural environment or a desert environment and basically respond to that environment, create a piece in that environment for that specific environment. But then the interesting thing that always happened, if it, if it was a successful piece, was that environment was then transformed or changed by the piece as well. So it was mm. a, a definite back and forth. So I just use the word context as site or as situation, as stage, as, and I think that that term, you know, get out your thesaurus, um, that, that term could open up all kinds of interesting possibilities as to how you might throw something out there to a group of artists, a bonsai artist, to start maybe off of center, um, is, is that is that making is that making some sense? Yeah, as you <laughs> as you kept talking about context, uh, context for me became the process, right? Like the process process, as you're saying, the stage is what is what was changed by reverse engineering the process, right? And I I guess I had never ever thought about bones in bonsai creation that. The final product would be impacted by process. I, I I never imagined that. That had not occurred to me. But then it did become a site, and then it did become a response to a site. And it was interesting, you know. You see, like the impact of the human being being the natural element that alters these trees to age them, right? And we're and we're we're, right. we're trying to mimic this uh, unpredictable force creating this appearance of age. But then when you start to think about the environment that the tree is created in is what gives it its character. Well, when that environment is built first and you're matching a tree to that now, that really is influencing for me to a much greater degree, a direct re referential shape that's responding to that environment. And that, that definitely demanded, particularly with the succulent and having to respond with a tree that could stay in that condition, you know, as an, and as an accepted element. And this is where you cross the threshold with your outdoor stands too that that uh, discovery was pretty awesome. That was, was awesome. Working in the parameters of each medium's place mm -hmm. as well. The succulent coming indoors, the stand going mm -hmm. outdoors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you guys crossed mm. in the middle, right? Yeah. So See, and we didn't, because we kind of started getting into this while we were talking at the lab, um, but because, Ron, you couldn't hear, and, and I think we were all digesting it and stuff, that's been the biggest just sort of hearing you say that over and over and then for me experiencing sort of the full circle 
you know, the, the, the site was created contextually, the reverse engineering of the process kind of altered, altered all of those things, but it does come back to context, I think. Anyways, I appreciated that. I'd appreciate, I appreciated that input. And, and maybe I'm being a little bit literal with the idea of context as, as, as something other than an abstraction. I mean, it, it can be a concrete space. It can, it can mm-hmm. be a, it can be a stage. It can, in, you know, it can be a narrative um, that, you know, I think Ryan, you really picked up on, on my response to Austin stand from lab one by saying, I saw a cross section of a, of a, of a, mm-hmm. of a hillside, a mountainside that 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 provided a concavity where you know a piece of architecture a cliff dwelling could Mm -hmm. could could exist in so i started thinking about mesa verde and i started thinking about you know chaco canyon and places like that places that i've spent some time in and um but then i i went back and imposed the frank lloyd wright again Mm -hmm. and i don't know I mean, I, I have had I've had further thoughts. I've had second thoughts. That's one I that piece is actually one I would like to have back. Well, no, I, no, I, I don't. The, the first one. <laughs> um, the, the the Austin stand piece. Oh, um, why would the, you the take hanging, that back? The hanging one. Why would hanging? you take it back? Take it, I would. I would edit it. I wouldn't take it back. Oh. Mm. Would um, you? Would you go more to like? Uh, would you go more? Uh, in the organic direction and move away from the Frank Lloyd Wright architecture, or would you go more May- towards the right architecture? Oh, I would. I think I would go. I would go more towards organic, but I would hmm. try to keep the the architecture. I just find the piece. The more I looked at it, the more mm-hmm. I saw together with Austin Stand. I just found it to be a little bit heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, I, I would simplify it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would get it down to you know, fewer, fewer sections. I think it would be a lighter piece. It, it's just a little bit heavy feeling to me. Uh, but that's just a, that's an aesthetic response. I'm being honest with about here. Mm-hmm. If I would do that again, um, I would, I would lighten that up a little bit. It would probably take a different tree. It may not, you know, I think Ryan, you responded to the, the weight of all that with a very massive succulent that went in there. What's the name? What's the name of that tree again? I never remember. That makes three of us. I, I don't <laughs> think any of us know, Ron. I unfortunately, ah. <laughs> okay. you've written it down, and I've we'll Googled never it a few see times, it in the wild. It, it doesn't. Does, nothing comes up it, for it. It doesn't come come up. Yeah, on the on the invoice. For that's it. the only. That's the only name I have is the invoice that they I'll wrote me. To, uh, yeah, I'll have to contact someone at the National Arboretum to yeah. ID it because um, it's it's um, you know, like I think. The I think the overwhelming component of the lab that was also really fun to work within was just a a really high level of quality. Mm-hmm. And so then all of a sudden, if it's like, yeah, let's make a succulent composition and then we put in like a Walmart, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, succulent composition and call oh, it good. Yeah. It just wasn't going to work. Right. Like going down to going down to those nurseries in L.A. and and making a committed choice to find a really badass succulent was a big part of it for me. I've never seen these LA succulent nurseries. That they were sounds intense. Kind of Dude, like, they are... I've never seen intense succulent, I guess is where it's like walking into a different world. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, each one has its own character. They're all weird and funky and they got weird people running them. And 
You know, nobody in their right mind operates a succulent nursery. That's I feel like I do business person. with a lot of those people. <laughs> <laughs> and no, they're great. They're great. And succulents are so diverse. Yeah, but, I guess. Ugh, it's crazy. I mean, you got to live in L.A. to kind of yeah, capitalize Yeah, I really that, appreciate but... We get the little sediments here, mm-hmm. um, but that's not a lot of no, I mean, pizzazz in that. I mean, you just got to bring them indoors. Yeah. You know, but this is the thing about succulents is they're happy to come indoors. They don't mind. They don't care. Mm-hmm. They're just like, I mean, if you could leave them out and lived in L.A., are they going to be that much better? Yes. Can you have beautiful succulents bringing them indoors in the Pacific North- Northwest? Totally. Mm. Totally. It's not the same difference as trying to provide a dormant season for, you know, a tree in the southeastern yeah. or you're getting the deep freezer. You got to put your maple in. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it's it's nothing like that. I think you know it's it's mm. far more low impact. You, you water less in the winter time when they're inside. You know the ac- the acclimation outdoors is quite easy. It's there. It's pretty. It's a pretty awesome system. Mm. Yeah, succulents are awesome. So yeah, um, go ahead, Ron. Well, I'm just going to maybe bring this back a little bit to where we were. Um, um, I I wonder, um, have you ever thought about what would have happened if we didn't we didn't have architecture as a kind of like a guiding north star in all this, a starting point, a theme to respond to? I, I thought about that a lot when I started to think about well, how how would you at the museum do this again? Uh, would you find a new uh, a new theme to impose upon this? I found the theme very very important mm-hmm. and very helpful. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I remember in my days of teaching how it was so much easier. Easier is not easier is a lazy word, but it was so much better when it came to time to critique students. If the students were responding to a, a uh, an assignment where there was a common under well, it was never a common understanding because the wonderful thing about teaching in an art school is people take things in ways I never would have thought about when I gave the assignment. But at least we had a language to work from when we it got time to really talk about how each of us approached a problem and how we solved it. So the idea of the architecture there was a really unifying mm-hmm. thing that I that I felt very necessary. Yeah, I, th- I think um, I totally agree with you. I mean, I really am interested, though, in continuing the architectural theme, at least personally, um, because there's so many different locations. And I think figuring out how Bonsai in particular relates to the built environment is just super important for the art form to move into, you know, sort of, or I should say move out of the garden space. Like how is bonsai eventually integrated into the built environment in a way that's sustainable for the tree to exist in? Um, you know, succulents are one thing that we're looking at with the species, but then just from a technological, you know, building system standpoint, like if you could get architects, you know, excited about bonsai as much as we are, um, to figure out ways of designing spaces and buildings for them, like well, that's... What, what about what about? I'm going to interrupt because it just hit me with the site-specific idea that um, the bonsai artist and a maybe a stand maker and a and a container maker would respond to a specific piece of architecture mm-hmm. and actually cite the piece right. for that I mean, for that niche mm-hmm. for that I've been that alcove. Thinking about the immersive. Mm-hmm 
thing since we talked about it with in relation to the show mm. um, but even if you got like an architect on board to build an immersive experience for a tree <sighs> or something mm -hmm. where you're in a space mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the yeah. space is with the tree and right. the trees it's, with the space right and, that's the next like yeah sphere right well like it's like we, we contain the display to pretty traditional terms is the kind of the image displays on the table mm -hmm. we look at it right um none of us thought to break out of that kind of like window mode and just bring the whole space over your head and and make the whole display you know this bubble you're in mm -hmm. um that would be kind of cool yeah because going back to your thing about context ron i mean context of how the that informed the process for Ryan of of sort of reverse engineering it or informed your process of the locality or the specific environment that you were sort of referencing architecturally. Um, you know, this idea of context then as the actual physical space that bonsai exists in, because right. there's such a big difference between it, it in your own backyard and on your bench and, you know, on a table at a show right. or in a museum or wherever. And so... Um, I think what what I'd like to do for the next extension of the lab is to take the um, at least the succulent maybe or maybe all three that sounds more appropriate um, and have someone like George Suyama actually create um, you know a, a space for those trees to exist in mm -hmm. on the site of the museum. That's tight. So the next lab builds upon this right because there needs to be space for them to now you know they look yeah. great where they are. But then now you have an actual like you know well, the you're museums. defining space downstairs with your with your structures from the Portland yeah. Garden, right? Yeah. I mean, to go down there and to have your I was telling um awesome we went down there to see the I always think of it as a camera aperture. Yeah, that's you know? what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good good choice. There you yeah, go. there you go. It came across, <laughs> but it totally does it has the same effect of focusing your attention. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you almost don't even need to put a tree in that space. It just serves as kind of like a a focal point. You could like yeah. and you could you know. I'm sure you've thought about all that stuff, but that was just the effect. I'm just I'm looking at the garden in a different way. Yeah, because it's framing a, a, a view for me. I, I just want it, I just want the rock wall behind it to be done. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So I, can, we want, I like your ramp. I've made it. Yeah, right. I've made a commitment That's to not the wheelchair putting, when he's yeah exactly up there. Yeah, my four wheel <laughs> drive year four wheel drive wheelchair. <laughs> no, I I uh, I've made a point. We won't put a tree on it until we finish the rock wall behind it because I want that to be a real moment. You know. Mm. And then there's the one behind it, and then there's two up there as well. They're all over the place. Yeah. So circling back to the to the lab, the lab question of the thematics, I like sticking in the, the the architectural or the built environment or something along those lines where you're engaging that that conversation. I mean, could you go into a number of different ways, and maybe you could explore. You know, it's just the, so many themes you could explore. The but. focus of the uh, the whole experience too. If you mm -hmm. explore other themes, like you start thinking of like painting or something. Mm -hmm. Then the tree moves into the abstract realm. You're not mm -hmm. creating a space. You're worried more about line. Yeah. Um, you move into other spaces, you know, who only knows what, how that kind of changes the whole dynamic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing that's really fascinating in terms of bonsai is emotion. And, you know, we've talked about can you use certain things like, um, you know, written word poetry to insp mm -hmm. inspire the process, right? Um, you know, we think of doing bonsai as this very kind of peaceful, uh, calming effect, but, and that comes across in the design of the trees as well, right? The, your, your emotional state when you sort of are working. Sure. Um, but yeah, how do you convey other emotions besides just calm, tranquil, perfect nature? You know, what other, 
what other sort of feelings can you I think there's an evoke? easy medium for aggression, that kind of the nature's, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, fury is not quite the word, but you Wrath. know, the kind of, yeah, <laughs> well, it's just the power, I guess, mm -hmm. would be maybe more the word for that. Unforgiving, yeah. Yeah, and it's just how that kind of dwarfs anything that we can mm -hmm. even comprehend. We've had, we've had these conversations several times, Ryan, about, well, it was leading up into the potential of a second Artisan's Cup. I know you were talking about a kind of very soft uh, fiber uh, womb-like environment that the whole building would have, that, that the, the trees would uh, exist in. Mm -hmm. um, um, and then we had that whole experience <laughs> just going through Ikea and seeing all the industrial uh, porcelain and stainless steel and envisioning how a tree would, would, would work in that type of a situation. We had that, that cold clinical uh, backdrop to a, a living organism, you know. Mm -hmm. I think just, I, you know, I always ask myself, can, can bonsai be, can, can there be cynicism? Uh, can, you know, in bonsai, can there, can, you know, can there be irony in bonsai? It's some of the things that obviously contemporary sculpture feed off of, you know, probably. And it's one of the things that bonsai doesn't tend, doesn't tend to go there, you know, doesn't tend to be cynical, doesn't tend to be ironic or, I feel like I feel like Nick Lins. I feel like Nick Lins yeah. took yeah, that he step, right? Totally went there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, but tongue in cheek. You know, hmm. I mean, I mean. So you want it to be? You want it to be more more of a committed, more of a committed yeah, representation. I mean, well, yeah. Even on a even on a, a somewhat more abstract level, I think one of my favorite pieces of Walter Paul is this is a is a forest. A, a, a forest planting with a lot of trees that are just really nasty looking trees. And it looks like a grim fairy tale where, you, you know, you know, you're, you're invited, you're invited into that forest, but Jesus, you know, it's, it's scary. Mm. The, those are the kind of things that I think are unusual that kind of catch you off guard. And that's, and that's not with any artificial, um, you know, he doesn't make anything artificial to create the narrative, anything beyond the trees. So, yeah. Hmm. There are several, there, there are definitely several ways that after having engaged with the lab, I think we could have, it could have gone, mm. you know, like when you think back, like the directions it could have gone or the other choices that could have been made, it would have altered the, the project pretty extensively, mm -hmm. you know? Which is tell us what you mean. No, tell, no, no, stop there. Tell us, like, give me an example how that could have happened. Uh, well, I mean, e each of us chose an initial direction, you know. So, right. like, if you talked right. about that initial direction being put in the direction of ironical or, you know, well, in, in, yeah. in some way cynical or right. you, yeah. having a dialogue or, or sort of that kind of connotation in the composition then right. who knows where it would have gone none i don't think any of us started off that way i think austin's vertical stand was was a little bit like what, what the fuck are you gonna do now <laughs> that you was know like that was like what how are you gonna respond to this <laughs> looking back yeah. i feel that might have been too conservative too I, I feel like uh, i feel like maybe there was an opportunity lost there uh <laughs> i can't believe ron's like i would take that piece back 
feel like that's not the first time you said that on this. Uh... <laughs> no, no, I, this is true confessions. Every time yeah. we do this, I start saying, oh, my God, if I only had that one again. Hmm. Oh, man. But look at what... I... I could make. Did you addition. want? Did you want more than what we did? Did you want it to turn out better? Did you not feel like it? It 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 no, no. it it exceeded or met expectations? We never talked about that. We never talked about if we felt mm-hmm. like the lab met our expectations. Oh, that's good. Well, we want to what were your expectations? You know, and how did they even change as you? What do you mean expectations in terms of what? In terms of like aesthetic accomplishment? Like I don't know. Piece we created? I don't know. I didn't define that. I didn't. Well, I, didn't. I know. I'm just asking. What are we talking about expectations I'm saying here? The box is open. Oh, okay. Box you want to talk about how aesthetically sure. you're satisfied with the work? Sure. 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 I'll, I can go first on that too, even. I mean, as far as, I mean, if I were to critique my own work, that first stand that I did, um, you really made the top part of that very obsolete on me, Ron, and I didn't see that coming. Um, looking back on it, I'd love to chop the top of that thing off a little bit, give it a haircut. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would incorporate itself better with what you did if I did that. Wait, if you take the, the, the fin of wood above Yeah, the above fin the... especially. Really? Um, yeah, you're, and part of me, even the second... Then, exa- then, then Austin, you're saying, you're saying exactly what I'm saying. Once we see the two pieces joined, brought together, we start to do some aesthetic edit- editing. Yeah. And that's just not something and you get that to do this... that with trees all the time, 10 years down the line. I don't right. like that branch. I want it to be gin. <laughs> oh, I true. think it might right, be right, cool to do this. Hey, that apex, you know, and yeah. in, in our medium, it's that thing's done. Well, check this know? out. Check this out. Take this full circle. Cause Aaron, when you were talking about the architecture, like responding to a tree, imagine if you created a prolonged collaboration with an architect where they came back and changed the space every time that the, the tree changed. Mm. Yeah. So the architecture was constantly changing as well. Mm. That would be interesting to see architecture build yeah, up. Because architecture is not another one of those things that you edit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Which is to say, like, if you were allowed to go back and edit and Ron was allowed to go back and edit and I was allowed to go back and edit, what would these things become over the course of time? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Well, and that's like, it was even just to go further is as you, I mean, the tree is going to get edited. That is a given. Yep. There is no way that's going to maintain the same through eternity. But mm-hmm. as the tree is edited, if permission is then granted to edit everything in that you know, display. I mean, it feels in tandem. It only feels fair. It, yeah, that's what I'm I mean, saying. Like this you, thing is like raised the stakes as far as equitability among the <laughs> de- separate partitions yeah. of uh, bonsai display. Hmm. Amen. You know, amen. It de- it deserves to be that yeah, way. Yeah, like it to be able to be as a standmaker to throw the bird and say, "What are you going to do now?" Mm-hmm. Um, that's not something I ever get you, to do. You were no longer shackled by exactly. The necessity I think to that's make... what led to that piece doing that as much because yeah, that was really the first the time when I was able to say that. Because <laughs> yep. I've never ever had it that. It almost kind of looks like a middle finger if you if you think yeah. about it. You know? well, it might... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say it's about that, but there's a little middle finger yeah. floating around in there somewhere. Yeah, uh, no, it makes sense. Did did you did you get the middle finger on? Um, are we talking about Austin stand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. First you one. were the one, you were the one that had to respond to that crazy yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, I didn't get a middle finger, but I, I do remember the conversation where, um, when Austin introduced it, well, both you and I responded, um, Ryan and, and, and you and your normal 
perversity said I wouldn't even put any anything up there. I would. <laughs> that would have been a middle up. finger to my middle finger right there. <laughs> I still think it's a valid solution. If Austin's going to challenge, if Austin's going to challenge the horizontal plane of a stand, I think that you challenge the necessity to put something on it. Well, you know, like be... all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're going to sidestep. We're going to use this as a vertical plane that we're going to engage. with. I see yours, and I'm going to raise you. That five, was. I felt now. like that was a raise. I felt like it was a raise. <laughs> It's going to call my bluff. I don't have any pro. I'm really happy that Ron was like, no, I'm not going to hose you, Austin, and, and show the mechanics, you know, at the top, which you had kind of, you had, you had kind of planned. half hosed me by going down. You half hosed me on that one. Oh, my God. What are you smoking? <laughs> he, just, he just wanted to be able to drill through the stand. I think that was his also, his little jab. <laughs> we got him back in the Yeah, I know. We got we the cut off his, part of his pot. Chopped his pot off. <laughs> Sounds like a bunch of brothers. It hurt me. It hurt me worse than it hurt you, Ron. It was hard. It was right. It was harder for me than it was for you. (laughs) You sweated more. I'll tell you. That's right. I was the one saying, man, we probably shouldn't do this. Uh huh. Uh huh. I have the dust of your ceramics in my lungs forever because of that. That's right. That's right. That's nasty stuff. A COVID, a COVID mask didn't save me from (laughs) from the the manganese spray. Particulate. So, Ron, what was your um, expectations? You know, where did you start and where have you ended up? Well, I always, you know, the only spot that all of us started in was with our own first initiation. You know what I mean? After that start where I made the, uh, I should find a, a, a good descriptor about that piece, but I'll say the roof line sculpture that I did um that was my start and it you know it took me it took me three or four pieces to get to that piece I mean I made a half scale I made two half scales uh and then I made a full scale and then when I saw the full scale I made alterations and changes to that and made the final piece anyway that was that was my start from there on in it was reaction it was it was responding to so um i'm not sure i'm answering your question because i think you're asking the question in a more abstract way i'm being kind of literal about it but um uh i i i think i've got i don't i don't know why i'm the only one confessing to 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 the way i did things and approach things although austin says you might take the top off of his but um I think that Ryan, when you presented the tree in lab one, I, I presented two options. I brought two different pieces, but I look back on those and they were probably the most conservative things I did for the whole lab project. You mean the second and, one? Yeah. The second one, the, the, uh, the bronze, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the bronze riveted piece. Um, I love, I love the way it looks with the tree. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder how much it has to do with what we, the way we were supposed to go with with the lab. I think I could have gotten a lot more mm. experimental. But um, having said that, um, I think each of us could have just gone, especially Austin and I could have just continued to go back to our studio and say, wow, 
way do these bastards see this one <laughs> that I come up with, you know? Son of a bitch, you know, I'm going to really rock their world. And and basically created a lot of loud noise, you know, hmm. that, that would it ever all come back? I think all three of our pieces work aesthetically mm -hmm. really nicely. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And not just because I have a part in them. But I think they came out really nice. Like, it's kind of an exquisite corpse. And sometimes those can be just insane. Yeah. yeah. And I think we all kind of tempered our response appropriately to fit. But we're used to working in that manner anyway. Mm. You know? I, I think the diversity of the three final products is what makes the body of work so compelling. I just think that the fact that they turned out in, in, in such different ways... Uh, and to be able to explore that breadth in a singular project with three compositions. They all started with a different voice. Yeah, it was spectacular. And it I was really that... fun to engage with that. Because we were working on all three at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you're getting stretched in all three directions. That was, that was fun. Hmm. That was really fun for me. Uh, uh, I, I, think it, uh, I think it helped. I think it helped loosen up loosen up some of the uh you know like conflicting or uh stale cr you know crusties of formality mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to a degree you don't even know where formalities you just go with them because you don't even think yeah i mean like going through the going through the process of seeing so many different highly refined trees in bonsai you do understand the move towards like a more free form composition and like once you start having a more freeform composition in a tree, a more freeform composition in the ceramic, a more freeform composition in the stand, it's like it's it's it really does move outside of some of the some of the shapes that you would associate or the manners that you would associate the bonsai model as bonsai being pursued. I mean, it, it, we really did kind of reverse engineer something that wasn't necessarily bonsai potentially anymore. Yeah, and that's that's interesting to me. I mean, I guess like that's why the succulent composition appealed to me the most. It's not that anything in that was handled with any less care. In fact, I think it probably had more mm -hmm. intentional design and contextual decision making behind each piece than your standard bonsai does. You know, with a, a formalized container and a formalized convention behind the stand to be making specific pieces that that sort of instituted a direction for an entire symphony of compositions is is really fascinating it's really fascinating and I, I just don't think it qualifies anymore that is that's something that was that lies outside of the boundaries of common bone type behavior to a degree where you you kind mm. of have started doing something different you know the same aesthetics did not apply to that anymore so you're saying the yeah the the process is so much part of the aesthetic i think i think that, i've recognized yeah, that to have to change the process is or to actually to change the aesthetic you have to change the process. Yes. Yeah. I. I mm. Well, I don't. I don't know that you have to, but I think that changing the process mm. enables you to separate yourself easy more easily. Well, I think that see things that wouldn't exist otherwise. Yes. It's. It's not. You're not challenged by kind of the repetition and trying to alter your mental state with the repetition anymore. You've changed the entire action, mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. Ryan, Ryan. Who do you think out there internationally? is the most likely to uh, understand and and possibly mm -hmm. even you know take this up and 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 try it themselves i guess i'm asking for not necessarily asking for a bonsai artist but i'm asking for maybe 
where in the world do you think uh, people are going to say, yeah, this is a cool way of going? And, and, and maybe on the opposite side, where do you think it's going to be resisted the most? That's, that's less important for me, to, for, for me to hear an answer to. But where do you think, who's going to appreciate what we've done? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Ron. I mean, I think, I think there are more people thinking about bonsai as an art form or, you know, this, this, this concept and manipulating the concept now. I mean, like there's a Robert Stevens in Indonesia comes mm -hmm. to mind as somebody right. thinking differently. Yeah, yeah. Ofer Grunwald in Israel comes to mind mm -hmm. as somebody thinking very differently. Nacho Marin in Venezuela, uh, you know, there's, and that's not to say they're the only people, but they just immediately, I think Salvatore Liparacci, when he was, you know, younger, saw things pretty differently, but now maybe Sandro Segneri has some unique visions that, that where I think these are, you know, people thinking about how every aspect of what we engage with in the creation of these composition impacts the final outcome. Mm -hmm. That's a, can I stop you? Sure. Um, with some of those names that you you just threw out there, what would happen if, as a variation of lab, you would just throw this out internationally and challenge a group of bonsai artists to either collaborate or find people to collaborate with and do something similarly? And I, I mean, obviously, it needs a lot more thought than what I've just said. But wouldn't it be a fascinating thing to see this coming from different parts in the world? Yeah, uh, Ron, have you ever gotten Bonsai Esprit magazine, the the French magazine? No. They uh, they did something interesting during the pandemic. They reached out to to several artists and asked them to um to present a photograph that represented their work during the pandemic. Huh. And it was really interesting to see the way everybody portrayed their work. Uh, really fascinating across hmm. the world just a really different snapshot of everybody's interpretation of bonsai, you know, as it's, as it sits now for them. And, and what, it, what stood out in all that? Like, can you give any examples of, um, I mean the magazine's sitting right here somewhere. Um, but you know, like is in their bonsai work or like their experience of being a bonsai professional. Yeah, just in the if, pandemic? You, if you, if you ask somebody to give you an interpretation, this is kind of what, what Ron seems to be asking. It's yeah, it's bonsai. I thought you were going to move the, the camera. I thought you were going to He's move the camera. He's tired of looking at me. So I could, I'm tired of looking at Aaron. Yeah. Oh, the, oh, oh, no pants. I know. See, this is the view we've been waiting guys, for all night right here, Ron. So you got, <laughs> so you, oh, yeah, okay. Look through it. It's interesting. It's super interesting because, mm -hmm. like, you ask somebody to take take a picture and they that, that dude on the cover is sitting in his garden. You ask another person and they do a formalized tokonoma display. Is mm. this the... Yeah. Article. Yeah. You ask Peter Warren and he's he's got all kinds of like little kid toys around yeah. his trees and you know, it's like uh, yeah. I can feel that mm -hmm. one right yeah. there. <laughs> it, it was just it was just interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean I I, I well, that's I, you I, with the deep shadow. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The darkness. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> <Darkness is, laughs> that wasn't yeah. representative of the deep despairing depression that this past spring caused everybody. Mm. But what 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 happened this spring? Oh my gosh. I think I missed that. The weather was dark and rainy. Yeah, there's definitely a variety of, of responses here. Right? Um, no, yeah. so I, I think like, Ron, when you throw, if you threw it out on a world context, okay, I just feel, I feel like, um, I feel like 
I mean, culture is going to start to show up. Well, there's a certain commitment to going... Culture is going to show up, but there's a certain commitment to going deep in a project, right? Mm-hmm. There's like poetry? Is it, is, it, is it text part of it? Well, okay. that's what I was thinking maybe. Yes, wrong. the text was a through. part of it. The, the yeah. written form was also okay. a part of the representation. Yeah. There you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. But I was wondering, Ron, if, you were, if your question was more at who do you think could not, I mean, just appreciate it, but who do you think would have that same level of interest to go deep in it? Like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I think once again, you, you, we'd have to, you would have to really have it together to understand what the gauntlet was you were throwing down. I think it would have mm -hmm. to be pretty clear as to what you were asking people to do. And, and, um, I well, that's a great example. Respond to the pandemic. I, I I would hazard a guess that all they did though was set a set up a stage. They didn't literally style a tree for that space or for the issue of of the pandemic. I may be wrong, but um, um I mean, I think yeah, n maybe maybe some of them didn't. Maybe some of them did. I think that's what that's what I'm trying to get at is if you opened it up with the thing about it is the three of us were invested in the lab, mm -hmm. right? Right. Uh, if you, it was just like, hey, what are you guys gonna do in the world? They'd be like, oh, I'll send a picture in. You know, it's gonna be great. It's a little different. It's different. It's different than saying, hey, are you gonna commit to grinding through this process for three, three years? Three <laughs> years, actually, four if we count when it first started. Right. right. You know, like that was it. a little different. Yeah. It demanded it demanded a different mentality to the yeah. project mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, well, that's that's the damn reality of it all. Mm -hmm. You have you have these great ideas, but the reality is that it takes years to pull it off. Right. Um, well, I mean, that's yeah. the that's I mean, that's the whole challenge of bonsai in general, right? That's it's the not, nature of the beast on that yeah. one. I, I mean, this is the quickest you probably could have done it. Yeah. Mm, yeah, definitely. You know. Yeah, definitely. So I mean that gives you now just as like a baseline working time frame if you wanted to try to approach. I mean, we actually spaced this out, but just for the transition of the tree to the pot to to everything. I mean, what could you do it faster? 2 years maybe? I mean, we we sort of did it in 2 years like when work started, it was it was summer of 7 of of uh 18. 18, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. summer of 18. So you guys did it in 2 years actually the the working component of it which i mean sense. i guess you could compress i guess you could compress some of it probably if you wanted to but it, other than just shortening the time span of the overall project is it's kind of a bit stifling i think when you try and like you know yeah the hourly investment you could compress but mm -hmm. there's more to behind it than just mm -hmm. like it took me 10 hours to do that you know mm -hmm. It, so, gave, it, it did give the space to intentionally think mm -hmm. about the project. Yeah, if you it know, became that was this important. frantic push to get it done, mm -hmm. you're just going to fall into your own mode. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. Replay that. Yeah. You're just mm -hmm. going to go into greatest hits. So the timing of it. out something. The timing of it's yeah, important. Yeah, it's like if I get pushed on a project, you know, I go to the safe space because I know it's going to work. I know yep. I can get it done. I That's know really what it takes. Point. When right. you have right. extended time... <laughs> Then you can kind of wander off the trail because you know you have time to find your way back when you get hopelessly lost. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I think honestly, like uh, especially with with, and I keep going back to the succulent because it it pushed me the farthest. But you know, Aaron and I had to go down to L.A. to get it, and then we ha it didn't it didn't look stellar when we had it at the George Suyama house, you know. And I was like, man, this thing is is struggling. 
And I, <laughs> I was just like, please don't die. <laughs> and then the whole thing lost all its leaves. And I was like, oh, shit. I just killed this thing. <laughs> and then it finally came back, and it came back really strong. I don't know if that's normal for that plant. Mm. I, I thought it I killed now. the entire succulent lab portion of the project. <laughs> it was, was pretty devastating. Repot- the repotting? No. No, this is like, this is like, yeah, when I did the Doug fur, and you and I talked, and I was like, hey, I think I'm going to wait on the succulent. Mm. And you're like, yeah, it makes sense. You know? <laughs> uh, it had no leaves. Yeah. And I was just like, come on, baby. <laughs> come mm. on back. Yeah, <laughs> just push yeah, exactly. I was full on CPR. Yeah, yeah, it was CPR. Watching your watch seven hours later, you're still doing it. Yeah, I see. You had I see you had toilet paper ready. I'm not sure. For yeah, what. we we were ready for it, Ron. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it got really ugly. Yeah, yeah, we we could mop up a whole river. This is two ply. <laughs> hey, uh, what time is it? Oh, we got a dingo. Yeah, Ron, I might have to cut out for ten minutes. 648. Oh, 6.40. Oh, not till 7.30. We're good. Yeah, we're, we're good. So good on this. Whew. I know Sit this back. may not be another Lord of the Rings podcast tonight. We might get it done <laughs> you know, in uh, <laughs> under seven hours. <laughs> listen, listen. Every, every, every minute of that was necessary. See, that's the other no thing. This is the, uh, <laughs> this is the other thing. The fact that Ron and Austin and I, or at least I have the impression that we all get along. Mm-hmm. I may have I may have the total wrong impression after yeah, this. We've been working on that. <laughs> uh, but the fact that uh, that we did get along and had worked together mm-hmm. a little bit, I think, is what allowed us to be successful. Yeah, yeah. I don't it know that help. You... I, I think it helped collaboratively. I think you could still be successful if you hated each other's guts, but it would translate to a different product. Yeah. Ooh, um, I mean that was part of the pro- part of the thought, you know, behind it, just being people, you know, who knew each other, who'd worked in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely was. Uh, There's a difference between playful middle fingers and real middle fingers. Right, yeah. it's more brotherly than <laughs> you know. You of... could be laying bombs for other people. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. Like really bashing egos, right. and Tearing people up. Well, I mean, look at some point. If the lab project is trying to push the envelope, it's gonna there's gonna be failure. Sure. There's gonna be failure and failure. Hmm. Well, and then there's interest too, pairing unlike minded sure. non conducive personalities together. Yeah. Yeah, like putting Dan Robinson with like a really traditional mm-hmm. really traditional ceramicist mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although you never know, it might create something. Maybe well, you break them both down too, in right? the process. That's right. kind of the the whole where the learning comes. Yeah. Yeah. That was the philosophy of my grad school is you break them down and then you can build them up mm-hmm. in your own image or what. <laughs> so <laughs> you're teaching. Yeah, That's exactly. Teaching. You make them you, you little minions, you know, you got to destroy them first though. Wow. So is there anything you would have done differently though? I mean, we're kind of identifying some things that were really, that, that helped the project succeed. I think the, the, the spacing of the sessions and then the fact that the, the team having a preexisting relationship, but what didn't work you know how was how was the how was the sort of the setup of having an audience that almost felt more like the demo model a little bit obviously having some sort of you know witness to the process is is part of it but yeah i'm just curious to know what what was there that was kind of like for wish, me wish it wasn't someone who was there for all four i wish there yeah. was more congruent lab to lab to lab just as especially, far as the overall the last session the last session well the last one obviously had its had its you yeah. know you mean in terms of audience well it just I'm the yeah. overall yeah. flow of the event i feel like 
each one being so different mm -hmm. i don't know in my mind mm -hmm. they don't build on each other they're all their own kind of thing mm -hmm. and maybe there's something to that um but had they been more i don't want to say formulaic but more kind of you mean in their um similarity and in, in approach and style in kind of the way i mean it was like we live stream one and, and the next mm -hmm. one we you know we tried it it was like we were trying to crack the egg and everybody mm -hmm. was learning mm -hmm. um but going forward on those lessons if you like had your style that worked mm -hmm. and you could kind of let that be a control mm -hmm. and i felt like it might give more room to kind of build on mm -hmm. you know more the, dis the display of the tree what it's the architecture just the overall focus of the event mm. so yeah having that having that level of familiarity yeah to some extent mm -hmm. i don't know do you i mean you're looking at me no i i mean i definitely think that i i definitely think that is one way to go about it i think like the the informality and the different nature of each piece also made it its own unique individual mm -hmm. i feel like there was a search like there we were all searching individually i think we agreed to that the the event was searching with us in another way yeah i think we all agreed mm -hmm. to that though i think we all agreed to be part of the search in the first lab yeah. you know like you know it's not going to be uh super worked out like and it's a it's exploring a concept and but i mean i think that was what was so frustrating about it and also you know what made it kind of great is it, is it just allowed us to fumble through it until we kind of all figured out what the hell we were doing yeah i did feel adrift just personally oh, the, fir and the just... first podcast about it is mm -hmm. definitely lost at <laughs> sea and panicking the anchor was somewhere over <laughs> there fucking, yeah there's no water or food and everybody just figured it out we were drinking our own piss yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm yeah yeah i think i had that feeling almost from after the first meeting with the russells when we went from one to three compositions uh -huh. that was like <laughs> that was like and we were all like sure i'm like i had some sh uh, shell shock <laughs> i remember like we, we like were, we were having to go in an, an interview afterwards and i'm like i'm not ready i gotta like, i'm like i, I think i, <laughs> I remember go, seeing I go, that too. I go later i went later i was like i i yeah I can't. I, I can't talk. Uh, right you now. can't record what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> well, I just I didn't have words. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that was a big, a big growing opportunity, at least from my end of it, because you know, trying to, you know, figure out how do you provide some guidance for people when you don't know what the the next step looks like for yourself, right? And yeah. so you have to really be able to be as honest with. You guys, I mean, I tried to be as honest as I could to just, you know, say, hey, you know, we're, we're figuring it out as we go. And I think you guys were really good at not needing that level of, um, you know, pre sort of expectation mm -hmm. meeting. Yeah, so. but that, that, that absolutely exploded during that meeting with Mimi and Craig. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I I know I know I went away thinking, oh my God, I'm glad I'm not Aaron Packer. Right <laughs> because... <laughs> I remember leaving not being sure what I was actually signed up to do at that point. You know, because well, no, there was no, no clear we definition which way we're going. It was just like we're yeah, doing but... one, or we're doing seventy-five. <laughs> yeah, but you look back on it, what would what would we have had mm -hmm. if it wasn't for that that uh that revolution that happened mm -hmm. during that meeting. I mean, yeah. we would have done, yeah. we would have done a, B, C. Yeah. It would have been a pretty safe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you had it to have be. the three of them to really have that, the, 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 um, you know, feedback that what we're sort of realizing, you know, 
without that it just would have happened kudos to craig and millie Mm -hmm. i mean they really did kind of they really were kind of like maybe we could do something cooler yeah you know yeah yeah that was great that was great but i mean even that is i think a testament to the desire to have people outside of the bone size sphere and involved you know Mm -hmm. the immediate uh more institutionalized bone size sphere Mm -hmm. it's tough though i mean the the reason i i also think that craig and millie could contribute is because they do have an understanding of bonsai right you know like anytime you try to go super far outside of it where there's no awareness of it it's almost like uh Mm -hmm. it, it it's almost it almost does stop working yeah to a degree. I mean, I, I guess unless you just want to go so far away. or just... Yeah, you just start out at that we're not bonsai now uh-huh. space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we kind of got there at a point. But you really start kind of way outside yeah. the mm-hmm. box. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at more of a point where it just doesn't relate anymore. It, it would be like hire, it would be like hiring somebody to do a piece of modern modern art or interpretive art or something like that you know it's it's, it's not really bonsai anymore mm-hmm. yeah well and it's, it doesn't even hit the mark like you're gonna be so wild and so out there it doesn't even work anymore yeah it's, I, that's uh that that i've I've thought about that and I've thought about like what that looks like and stuff um and 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 wanted to believe that it would work you know, t- to try and take bonsai outside of, outside of the sphere of people who do bonsai. But I think having the input of, of people that don't do bonsai is interesting, mm-hmm. you know, but to have a little bit of knowledge about it or to be a bonsai practitioner mm-hmm. to a degree and then, you know, have these other powerful areas that you can contribute from. I think that's when the real, real magic happens too. you know, primary mm-hmm. focus is outside of bonsai, but bonsai is a practice um, that primary focus can be spectacular when you shine that light on bonsai. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that happened in lab, what well, happened in lab one and lab two. And the unfortunate thing was because of the situation we're in, it didn't culminate in lab four. You know, it, it was just the audience that, <laughs> you know, there were two folks there basically. And I don't think like, for instance, Aaron could hardly have gotten any feedback Mm-hmm. for all he was doing to talk about his his working from piece to piece to piece you know that had to be um unsatisfactory i guess they didn't get a lot from outside the community of people that were building this thing from the start i guess at the end that was kind of the biggest letdown yeah, for a, me is that was, it was just us the original hmm. group and so you finish these things and it's like we can talk about them, but we've kind of been privy to the whole process and mm. not having people not mm-hmm. associated who, you know, just that kind of, I, I, I think it's yet to come. I think it's yet to come. I mean, yeah, that, that, well, that's, that's why, that's why is, you film it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly why you film it. I mean, how yeah. can, how can people stay informed and on board in a project that goes over three years? Mm-hmm. You know, like I have a hard time just taking care of myself day to day. <laughs> yeah, but just as far as being done and reflecting on it and mm-hmm. thinking about it over the past week, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like I feel like I dropped it, but I haven't heard the response yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. It's in the world, but you know, I don't. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm flush with like if I go do a show and I talk to 200 people in a day mm-hmm. and they're all commenting on my work and I have all these conversations and I get all this material. You know, that's and then I go home, I can't sleep for five hours because my head's running. Whereas that was just kind of more in the group, and it was just kind of like we all were pretty much familiar with every piece. Mm. 
you know, and there wasn't a high level of, you know, new eyes. I mean, Millie was there and, and we got some comments out of them, but yeah, it was just an audience of two. Boy, I thought the conversations we had on Saturday were the most powerful of the entire event. Hmm. I personally did. I got more out of that mm -hmm. intimate conversation than I think. Um, and maybe this is kind of what you're talking about, although consistency, you were talking about more of like a formalized approach to each event so that you share the same DNA of the event, right? Yeah. Um, it seemed. But when you talk about um, when you talk about consistency of the people attending as well, uh, would would be interesting, although much more difficult. Yeah. You know? But to but to choose the the des would... the design oriented people that you wanted to introduce bonsai to to the degree where they're now educated and capable of being that potential collaborator, that could be another purpose of the lab. Yeah. You and know? maybe mm -hmm. when I say consistency, maybe more of a consistency of audience, so these people grow in the same way we grew mm -hmm. with each one. Yes, and exactly. Then you could get. A feedback each lab as the thing progresses more eyes to kind of give you feedback on where you're at with that mm -hmm. yeah and that was always the desire mm -hmm. right and i think it's it's kind of like the artisan's cup like until you can show someone what it is yeah yeah, yeah. you can't totally. you can't describe it and so i think even just to have the audience that we did and there's definitely some lab like there audience was, yeah, members that have some come mm -hmm. you know um you know but multiple I don't think times anybody could do all say they did all four right the russells the russells at all four uh-huh okay so they were the shelly at all four not the last, and, not the last and, one yeah. not at lab four so the first three though i think hmm. um stephanie and stephanie, stephanie. yeah mm -hmm. yeah so that was always the goal but it was always like how do you get people to like what do you well then yeah, you're I, asking the commitment from them too the commitment from the audience yeah but then beyond just the local you know local people that are interested then are you expecting people to fly every you know yeah. six months to come to this so eventually i'd love that to be like what happens it becomes a like in lieu of like a convention you know whatever it's like a you know lab type of session but um yeah i had visions of having a huge you know uh fourth one like actually having people come fly here like almost like a yeah. national show where you have this very almost you know we'd always thought about tying it to the seattle art fair and you know it's evolved a lot yeah but um yeah but yeah i think you know hopefully you guys being the trailblazers of this process right uh takes a while for people to real find that there's a trail and you know so this once the doc the documentary would come out and then you know We'll see about lab what? lab two. You know, I mean, it, there's going to be much more awareness once you know. I think people start seeing the pieces and do, eventually the film. Do you have film. a sense for when you're going to be able to pull a documentary out and together? Not necessarily. Not. Um, I couldn't answer that right now. Um, you know, I think uh, we would probably yeah, have to. We would have to. We would. I mean, we definitely would need to seek outside funding um, to yeah. produce it, and so it would have to be probably in the form of a Kickstarter campaign to. To get it made because mm, you know okay it, it's a lot to yeah. record it it's even more to edit it and mm -hmm. produce it into a mm -hmm. full-length documentary so okay and then there's a I'm, whole lot of I'm, stuff in post anyway i mean it's it's probably I'm, I'm, somewhere 80 80 to 100 000 is what it would cost to wow get that i'm tired of looking at um you're tired of looking austin, at austin Austin's speedo crotch. I'm, yeah i want to look at ryan for a while no <laughs> <laughs> Ron, you're really getting around the room tonight. 
All right, there we go. Uh, okay, new, new crowd for yeah. <laughs> this, is where, this is where you're always meant to be. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is where you're meant to be. <laughs> See, this is the this is by far the more most casual. There you go. You were looking at the tissues. Austin was waiting to burst into tears the entire yeah. time. <laughs> What's up? It's okay now. Is that tapped? That, yes, tap. Yeah, you want to see tap? I need to see. I need to see tap. Yeah, apparently, they're going to the arcade tomorrow, seen. playing some tank games. Oh my goodness! Hey, you say hi to Ron. I don't. Hi, Tap. Wow. He's that boy's done grown up, man. Yeah. 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 He's turning yeah. into a full fledged human being. Yeah. <laughs> he's pretty rad. Uh, last weekend, he came up to Seattle and and he played with Aaron's two boys. While we were oh. at the lab, mm-hmm. yeah, they had they, a blast. Yeah, they, they rumbled s- around. They like, Say hi to Taft. Yeah, my kids. Remember, you came and you, you. I wasn't there, but Ethan and Luke, you played with. You played at uh, my house on Saturday last Saturday. You came with how your dad. Old are, how old are you, Ethan? You played and with Luke? the two little boys. They are. Uh, Ethan's going to be ten in October. Good lord. Uh, and he, yeah, he's all. He's starting fourth grade. You are coming up, huh? A couple months. Almost seven, yeah. Yeah. Three months. Dude. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah. Ethan will be 10, 10 in Octo- October, and Luke will be six in November. Or, uh, sorry, March. Wow. So I'll be 40 wow. in January. <laughs> Ethan, <laughs> Ethan's like his own little person now. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a cool kid. He is a cool kid. Yeah. Very, very blessed with my kiddos. They're, they're you know, they all have their things, but. Of course. Uh, yeah. Good kiddos. So what did you do today? I shipped I shipped the piece out. I was supposed to do that, but didn't get to it. Well, this was a real simple little thing I shipped out. That always feels I nice. Can, I conti- I continue to have people purchasing pots. That's off nice. Of my website. It's very nice, you know. It just here and there, every now and again. They're not not expensive pieces, but yeah. But it's just it really is amazing that you know still selling some stuff through all this nonsense. Well, you the know? trees seem to be largely immune to COVID. I've noticed. Yes. So and, and their cycle people, is unaffected. That's right, and people have all the time to get their trees all looking sprucey and everything, and yeah. they're saying they. Do, they deserve a new stand. They deserve a new pot. Well, I know? think people, you're having to look elsewhere for the kind of bright moments at the moment. You know, it's not like, well, yeah, yeah. Me and my neighbor no, are talking right. about how the winter is coming. And, you know, in Oregon, that means you're just not going to get a day outside again until summer, you know? <laughs> rain? Yeah, it's just going to rain every day, you know, and you oh, can go wow. out in that, but it's not the same yeah. as, you know, lounging yeah. in the summer, you know? Right. And we were just saying how it's just going to be like, you're going to lose the outdoors and it's not like you can go to the bar and you can't go to the restaurant. You're not no, going, you know, and it's yeah. just like, it's going to be, yeah. we were just even talking about like renting a yurt just for the change of scenery. Like I can go sit inside in the rain in a yurt, but it's different, you know, and it makes that day special. And that's becoming more goes, and more important, I feel like at this point. Does that mean like go somewhere where there is a yurt? And yeah, they go. They yeah. got yurts in some of the national, the parks around here, you know. Oh, okay. And they got heaters well, in a, them. No, that's a nice idea. And they're always always yeah. booked. Uh, they they go up quick, you know, on a usual season when tourists are coming yeah. and everything. Yeah. But this year it's a little bit easier to go someplace. You're not yeah. competing, I guess, in the same way. Yeah. That you used to. 
Oh, I don't know. We're starting to. I'm starting to cherish the every outdoor day because I know they're limited. I, I, I hear that recreational recreational vehicles. You know these big obscene RVs. You can't. You can hardly rent them anymore because everybody is doing exactly that. Yeah. Because, you know, you're isolating with your family, but you're traveling all over the country. Yeah, you're like traveling isolated. You know, we're lucky yeah, to have exactly. that kind of space in this country to do yeah. that, and especially yeah. on the left coast. But yeah, they said. Yeah. But I mean, a buddy of mine was telling me he sold one of his kayaks the other day, and me and Ash have these one-person kayaks. We've had pre-Cooper. We got them, and we used them once, and then we had a baby, and, and you can't put a baby in a one-person kayak. And so we've stored them now for four years and never touched these things. And he was saying, it's like, if you want, like now is the time to sell them. We could sell them for, you know, more than we yeah. purchased them for four years ago. And I mean, he said he posted his in the car. He had a picture. He was driving home, posted it in the car. And in 15 <laughs> minutes before he got home, he had eight emails on him. Wow. You know, like just the demand for that kind of stuff is just right. beyond. Right. You know, so if you got all that used recreational equipment, now is the time right. to unload. Are you in in your shop? Are you making things now on speculation or just by order? I am making things just by order right now. Yeah, I'm lucky right. that I don't have time at the moment to do anything right. by speculation. Yeah. Um, if I was to do anything in speculation in this climate where there's no shows. It would be hyper-focused speculation, like clients have expressed desire for this, and I'm always kind of like, yeah, I'll, one day I'll get to that, you know? Right, gotcha. Like, that would be as far down that road as I want to go right now. I just don't need yeah, a bunch so of work what, I, mean, I can't what, take what, someplace. Yeah, and what you're saying is it reinforces what I'm thinking, too. It's very difficult right now to just stop and do something extraordinary experimental. Yeah, you know, now is not on, an easy on, time. On speculation, yeah. Yeah, because it's just there's on, the comfort factor with just, ex, yeah. you know, spending the work. And then there's also, yeah. you, where, where, what's the venue at this point? You know? Well. Yeah, like, where? Well, well yeah. right. Like, what's Instagram well, going to do well, for you? There's always Ryan Neal. He'll buy it, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of eggs in one basket you know <laughs> but yeah so you know luckily actually i just got some jobs to rehash some old pieces that i i really enjoyed but just never just found a place to a sec, you know to to really explore that series deeper For, furniture or stand? yeah furniture yeah the furniture. national thing kind of took the healing you know took the air out of the bonsai balloon for this right. year i got two stands i'm working on right now one is going to be really, really, well, both are going to be extraordinary. One, the guy's going to plant the tree on the stand, which, oh, wow. you know, if you want to take the outdoor stand to the next level, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to make that happen. Yeah. It's happening you, right now. What are you going to, what are you going to put on the surface? It's going to be black locust. I mean, it's, this is, I told, and we've talked about this. It's a lot of speculation because I, nobody has done any experiments to how long he understands that this is a finite thing and it's a matter right. of how finite is their only question like i look up any ratings on woods outdoors it's all done off of decking and right you know, bonsai right. planting and decking they're not the same thing no you know? no um so we're gonna do it all out of black locust which has been rated 20 years as decking and and i hear stories and i was reading stories of people digging up posts buried in the ground 
80 years ago and yeah. it's still being hard, still being solid, yeah. you know, milling up logs like that. So it has yeah. some legs underground, wet, um, pretty much second only to teak as far as woods go. Yeah, that's what my Amish neighbors used to always build their uh, fence posts out yeah, of Locust. That's why Locust. we have it in Oregon. They imported the tree, the pioneers did, to build fence posts out of. That It's an mm -hmm. invasive species yeah. that was brought here for that, essentially. Right. Um, so that'll be it. And then we're going to, basically, I'm going to, it's going to be, there's a metal base to it. And then uh, a couple of metal layers thrown in for accent and patina you know and then right. a bunch of pieces of wood and i'm just going to bolt it all together because when you get wood that wet it moves in weird ways lots of expansion you know what's the uh what's the ideal hum relative humidity for for wood furniture like 50 percent? i don't think there's well i mean that's probably nice but i think more consistency is important than ideal sure you know, it's the fluctuations that are the problems. Mm -hmm. If you have it at a humidity, it'll go there and it'll settle. Mm. You know, um, but when drying it moves, and yeah, mm -hmm. when it has to, because it's it's taking in moisture, it's releasing moisture, it's growing, it's expanding, it's contracting, and the more you make it do that, the more you lead to issues. Gotcha. And that's why outdoors is so bad because mm -hmm. you get you know spikes and drops and ups and downs. Um, just seasonal fluctuations and then daily fluctuations. Mm -hmm. And that causes, I mean, like, I'm going to bolt this thing together, but I told the guy he's going to have to check that bolt over the course of the year because it will get loose just from the wood shifting in dimension. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and it'll have to be tightened and maybe even loosened at periods if it gets over tightened. Like, it's going to be hard to say. Um, Are you going to put any kind of a, epoxy or something on the actual planting area? No, I'm not going to add anything unnatural, I don't think, because I don't think that's really, like, I don't think that's going to get me to 20 years. Like, the epoxy okay. will fail, I think, faster. I think five years, and the epoxy will be pretty nasty, you know? Oh, yeah. So I was thinking about putting metal on the top, but I think I'm just going to kind of put it up to the, the wood. And I think the wood, it's either, that's the weak link in the chain, and it's either going to work or it's not, you know? And I just don't think there's anything I can do outside of picking the appropriate wood uh to extend do, that do i do i know the bonsai artist i don't know he's a guy in australia um he Siegel? he knows ryan seagull yeah 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 yeah, yeah i've worked I, i've i've sent i made pots for him nice guy it's yeah. a trip uh doing a project with an uh, uh, australia just because their seasons are inverted they're wrapping right. up winter right now the date right. line, they're on the other side of that. So it's tomorrow right now mm -hmm. for them, you know, it's, and then yeah. there you have the extreme time difference as well. So it's like when we were just trying to set up a FaceTime call, you know, I told him like, yeah. you know, he's asking my availability and I was like, it was uh, Wednesday and I was like, well, Friday, I'm good. And then he was like, okay, well, tomorrow I can talk. And then I was like, I wrote back. I was like, so I guess, you know, no Friday then. But for him, tomorrow was Friday. <laughs> for me, tomorrow was Thursday. Oh, you know, it was just, yeah. it was upside down, yeah. left backwards. And yeah, it was, it was something. It's so weird. I was like talking to him in the future. I don't know. It's just so funny how time, like, you know, you think of time of being so consistent, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it was just he's, like completely. He's, he's a plastic surgeon. Oh, is and he? he and he specializes in, in uh, how can I say this? 
um, uh, 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 enhancements, boob enhancements. I was boobs was where I was going with that. I, I oh my god, that ah. man, that's that's where his money is all in boobs. Wow. Yeah. You know this is going on the podcast, right? I know. That's what I'm. That's why I was trying to find another way of saying. It. <laughs> wow. I was actually yeah. in an extra in a movie. The only movie experience I ever did was an extra in a movie about the two doctors who invented the silicon breast implant uh, called wow. uh, Breastman. It was like an HBO made-for-TV movie uh, with David uh -huh. Schwimmer in it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And, and what did you do? You just held your hands up, right? Yeah, I wasn't I mean, there's a scene in the movie and there's a concrete <laughs> building and I'm behind that building in that scene. Uh-huh. And that's my only appearance in the movie. Uh, I got a what's free the name? haircut. What's the name? Breastman. What's the name? Breastman. Is the name of the movie? Breast what? Breastman. Breast. Breastman. Breastman, like M E N. You are a man, I am a man, together we are breast men. Breastman. Oh, yeah. breastman. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breastman. I'll be I'll be sure to I, look into that. Yeah, the, like the original working title was Silicon Wars. And then that was when I was signed on as the extra, like the, the, the whole project was Silicon Wars. And then when it came out on HBO, they had changed it to Breastman. Um, this but was, you were oh in Philly? When you, when no, this, this was in uh, Houston when mm. I was in high school. I, ah. I did this. Um, somebody called me up and said they were doing it. I mean, it was like a 12 hour day just hanging out, eating off snack truck with free haircut. At, at one point, I, I was driving a car. I was supposed to drive an old-timey car through, like, one of the historical scenes. And I was on the top. They drove, told me to drive to the top of this parking garage. And then when I got up there, some guy with a clipboard and earphones just, like, exploded and said that I had to get it off the top of the garage and, like, jumped in the passenger seat. And I'm driving down, and, like, David Schwimmer and the whole, you know, big kahuna crew's coming at me. And they're in the middle of the road. And all I can do is just like idle kind of through the center of them. <laughs> like I couldn't drive into the parking lot, you know. So I just kind of cruised through the middle of them. They kind of split and all gave me a nasty look. <laughs> no, wait a minute. This, this, is, not on, this is not on camera. This no, not, none of it. No, I was no, not. Is, oh, okay, okay. I was never actually in the movie. Uh, but why are we talking about this? Well, I was there. I was in it. Actually, there's a scene where I was standing behind a wall. You know, you can't see me, but I'm behind okay. that wall. Okay. I know I'm behind that wall. That's that, that's the wall. Does, does ask Aaron if he still has his 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 antique car? I do. Um, it's it's unfortunately not running. That's uh, an antique car there. Yeah, it was my daily driver for a few years. It's been out of commission for just over a year now. I blew a blew remind, my head. Remind me, remind me what it is again. It's a forty nine Plymouth. Oh yeah, oh, that was amazing. Seafoam. Amazing looking. What box. did you do? You blew a head gasket. My head gasket blew. Yeah, and I tried to replace it myself. Never having oh. done that. Mm. Um, and I. It's a big job. You know, it's not as hard. It's just taking something apart. Yeah. But you also you don't know what you need to look for. To tell if it's a yeah. if you know because you could have had a cracked head you could whatever yeah so you need a, you need a torque wrench torque wrench I had a torque wrench a torque I had wrench. the manual so I knew the whole sequence okay. so I took it all okay. off and then I got I got a new head I got a new gasket okay. put it back on torqued everything in in patterned bolt following the pattern and then torqued everything to specifications yeah it started up drove it Smoke. kind of. No, no wait, smoke. Wait. No, no smoke. I drove it around oh. for um, just kind of short trips. Just kind of did a little radius. You know, I'd take it down the street and back. Okay, 
then around the you know around the block, and then to the grocery store, and then to church, and then I finally drove it to work, which was the furthest, and I it blew again on my way to work. And I think what I didn't realize until after the fact was um, because you know they're seventy year old bolts, assumingly they've stretched, and you need to apply more foot pounds oh. of torque to actually seat them uh, t- tight enough so that the head doesn't blow again. So I had I had over torqued or yeah I had or no first I had over torqued one area that blew out, and then the second time I torqued everything down to spec, and I. All, all the coolant started pouring out of the... Um, spec wasn't. You had to dial spec forward. Yeah, you had to basically go... At, yeah, double, basically you'd have to double the... the, the uh, is that torque. accurate? Like, I mean, is that like taking into account the amount of stretch over... Like, what is the equation for that? It's just relative for... I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I was talking to a, a mechanic yeah. friend who, you know, has some experience with this. And he's like, yeah, those have stretched either need to buy new bolts or if you're going to use your old ones you at least need to double yeah. huh so i mean and this is only 75 pounds of of uh, torque yeah so it's not a ton but i got it all torqued down to 75 i start filling the radiator you know getting right. ready to fire and water just starts spilling out between the head and the block i'm like i would have never <sighs> thought of that in, in a million yeah years. well me neither. and that so those are the things you don't think of yeah. doing it and then you do it and then you've encountered that problem and so that's where I left it because I got to work and I tried to fix it at work. Um, it's not just, still at work. No, it? it's at home now. It's been home for a while, but um, and it's just one of those things of time. Like, yeah, me, me coming home from and trying to like watch on this thing from 10, 10 p.m. to midnight, and you know on Tuesday is just not yeah in the cards. And then by the weekend, it's like I know, and you feel like you you're, you're just you you know you're tagging in and tagging out these days. Yeah. That kind of alone, special time. Yeah, so I want to get it back on the road. It's you know, it's just sitting there. I mean, yeah. I see it every, you know, every day. I just like kind of like pat it on yeah. the head and be like, oh. next year. Next yeah, year. yeah. Maybe this winter, hopefully, I'll get a little. Yeah. You also, you know, you've, you, it's, it was defeating to have gone through and try to fix this twice. Um, so you know, you kind of learn the first time and the second time you're like and i feel like i've kind of hit a wall so i know what i need to do but i'm having an issue um sometimes you just got to put things down walk away that's basically what's had to happen but i'm i'm starting to get into into it again the problem is that now that it's it's set for about a month with water in the cylinder heads so it built up a little residue of rust because it's all cast iron so it's not turning freely now so there's because there's so i i cleaned it all out but i've got to break it loose i've got to overcome that friction caused by the rust and the 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 piston ring so yeah it's a bag of worms there huh yeah so anyway i should have the right tools but my ratchet's not fitting on the the flywheel kind of front flywheel bolt that helps you turn it from the crank and so anyway it's just one of those things i you gotta like invest like i'm gonna spend a two days just working on this i did that stuff in high school and you know, it was fun, but yeah, look. it's fun, but without without someone who like can kind of guide you, you yeah. know, be like, don't want to do that. Oh, you need to double well, torque the let bolts. Me, let me tell you, let me tell you my story of, of, of a head gasket change. I did it one time, yeah, and I am not mechanically inclined, uh-huh. so I had I was in graduate school, and I had my next door neighbor who really knew what he was doing, and I I, cha- I completely changed out a head gasket. Nice, and the. Um, now I'm going to tell you the payoff is for a 1971 Chevrolet Vega. Nice. Vega. Yeah. Piece of shit. Those the things worst, were... One of the worst cars yeah. that was ever... 
Oh, they've done worse anyway. than that. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's got that really kind of like <laughs> sleek, kind of angled back to it goes down to almost like a point at the bumper. I think it's like a fastback kind of hatchback style. I don't know. It, it was it was it was an aluminum aluminum it was an aluminum head. I don't know. It was just a horrible car. It was during and the I gas did prices. all this work and I started mm-hmm. it up and it just all the water went right into the the uh, the, the oil and it smoked. Oh like yeah. Of, and I knew I I knew it was a cracked block at that point. And that yeah. was the end of that. End of graduate school days. Trade yeah. that baby in. Yeah. Sell that. Yeah, and, shit. and I, I don't want to do that. Go ahead, sir. Shot a piece of. Uh, I had a Ford uh, Taurus wagon in graduate school, and driving in one day, a piece of the transmission shot out of the actual <laughs> transmission housing. Wow! I just heard this gigantic explosion, and I end up looking in the rearview mirror, and I mean, it was just like an. You could see the trail as I was just transmission fluid was leaking out. It was like the size, you know, like a stream the size of your thigh. <laughs> coming out and i managed to limp it into the parking lot at school and i got under there and i could put my hand through the hole mm-hmm. in the transmission housing wow I mean, it just it blew <laughs> this is this is graduate school yeah you have to kill a car in the parking lot of graduate school i think to get that's a degree exactly right that's yeah. part of the rules and then you got to deal that's with right. the damn thing and you don't have any money that's the advantage yeah. of virtual classes is, uh, you know, you don't have all these stupid no cars exploded no in, the, in the parking lots. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I wonder if you still have to sell your blood for plasma twice a week. That's undergrad. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was grad. For was me. that grad? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I luckily did not have to sell any plasma in grad school. Mm. No, I did, did you work? Did I work in grad school? Yeah. Like I college. W- did you have a, what was your college job? I taught a little bit at the school mm. that was all i had to really do in grad school i was lucky there in undergrad i worked a smattering of jobs mm. funnest was at a gas station really i like that that was a fun job it was a fun group of people we had fun we were the number one in customer complaints in the dallas fort worth area <laughs> that gas station it was, was great i wonder why was- was what? I didn't hear that. We were number one in customer complaints in the entire... We were at Texaco, and we were number one. Your, customer. your station. Yeah. And my manager was happy because she was simultaneously embezzling money, and it really took the focus <laughs> off of her, you know? Um, so, you know, instead of this whole money thing, it was these these idiots on the register who were, you know, and we were, right. you know, because they give us, you know, there's like some fun little powers you get it again. Like you can speak on the intercom to people outside. <laughs> and we would put signs up everywhere that people could find. Like we would hide signs in the mm-hmm. bathroom and in the coolers, you know. And mm-hmm. It's just like you're just so bored for eight hours in a room it's kind of like having you know this COVID thing where you're all trying to entertain yourselves in four walls right so hmm yeah that was a good one bunch of not so good ones so what are we doing guys what are we doing right now waiting for ryan to uh get a dingo back i'm sorry what's a ding what's a dingo it's like a cross between a forklift and a atv and uh it's it's the Mars it's rover. The, yeah, it's the machine he uses to move all the big trees. You know, the thing he fires up and has to ride like a tank. It's got the tank treads. He drives it's, around it's, here. It's nighttime out there, right? I mean, no. no it's, 
it's, it's still light out. Yeah, you can see the window over my shoulder. We it stays light here till like you know tomorrow. <laughs> it's hell with a four year old trying to put him to sleep and it's light outside and you're trying to convince I'm him. I'm past no. my bedtime here. Buddy. I know you. Oh, no. I, I told him early in this. Hey, Buffalo, good choice. It's a good. It's nice. I like it. That's my. If I'm not feeling lush, Woodford is my go. If I you know I'm feeling like I'm special, um, but Buffalo right. is my daily driver. You know. Or it yeah, was. it's nice. It's very nice. So yeah, I mean, we can uh, talk a little bit more about the lab just until uh, so you, so you can get off, Ron. I don't want to have to keep you up too much longer. Yeah, what time is it there? Ten thirty. Oh, okay. Yeah. What what ways have have you sort of been influenced by the lab, or have you been able to see any you know any sort of. Uh, result for for yourself we've been talking a lot about the art but what about you personally um has changed or if anything you want to go there well, first Ron? well in in all honesty the, the only way that would happen for me would be for me to be able to be bumping ideas off of someone else or or um working working in a situation where i could uh I, I, I guess I could influence a bonsai artist to take a take a leap of faith and say, let's work together and do such and such. Now, now I've I've done that kind of thing in the past. Um, I did a show many years ago called Bonsai Insights. Aaron, were you familiar with that show at all? Mm -hmm. it, yep. it it actually traveled to the National Arboretum in DC. Yeah, it was before I was there, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know it for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, in in a nutshell, basically, is it's it's me, it's me contacting ceramic artists and mostly sculptors to get them to agree to make a a site or a situation or a container, if you will, for a bonsai tree, and then it's me trying to convince a bunch of bonsai, bonsai artists to offer trees that these ceramic artists could respond to. So that's always something that's in the back of my mind that, that, that could be, uh, that could be resurrected. And I think, I think now that I have access to much better trees and mm -hmm. bonsai artists than mm -hmm. I did back then, mm -hmm. it could be a really exciting thing. So in my normal practice, Aaron, to answer your question, I'm afraid, you know, not a lot has changed, mm -hmm. but I, I, I kind of see the potential mm -hmm. if I can get the right group of conspirators mm -hmm. together to yeah. do that. You would so, say a lot of that change right now is potential. I mean, it's only been a week, mm -hmm. um, but I feel like there's a, a, a wider selection of directions to choose from you know mm -hmm. you kind of rehash old ideas i mean ron would you ever want to rehash one of these kind of ideas you pursued for the lab i would i would i don't know if i would want to do it with the formality well yeah but if a, if a client came along and was like hey i'm looking yeah, for something yeah. you're like mm -hmm. you know that yeah. one piece i did for the lab that's good that something like that might work here you know like yeah but the interesting thing then would be to say Okay, if you buy into this idea, they I, mm -hmm. I assume they're saying I love what you did mm -hmm. at the lab. Right. And well, then, even if they didn't I, come to you like that, but you you know how you kind of present things to 
Yeah, but it would be interesting then for me to say, okay, but let's take it the next step. Let's get in touch with with Austin and see if we can't create a whole new individual mm-hmm. project. Right. It gives the opportunity for more specific projects like this Go outside on. of yeah. yeah. It's it's a it's a new format for creating bonsai or, or commissioning yeah. pots and stands. Well, like, even like beyond just like you know, let's call up Austin, but you know, somebody comes to you and like, well, let's call up, let's find us a, a, you know, a stand, like, you know, you want a vessel, let's figure out the other piece as well and include that in the process, you mm-hmm. know, as we make this pot yeah, mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. it, it, yeah. It's interesting that people that are at that level of sophistication and with bonsai mm. are going to tend to have enough of an ego that they're not going to want to surrender all that much to hmm. us, you know? Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Has that been your experience when you've, you know, like I, I don't come at this from your perspective as a, you know, a, a craftsperson doing things on commission for cut for clients. But when you're working with a client, how, cause I mean, you guys had more or less, you know, total control over the process with the exception of responding to what the, someone else did. But yeah, I'm just curious how much of that in your creative process outside of the lab is driven by the client. I mean, it's not 100% for me. Mm. I, I do get people that come to me and are just like minimal parameters mm-hmm. or like they wait yeah. for me to suggest. Like mm-hmm. they have an idea maybe of what they want to see, but they kind of want me to give them a direction. Right. I mean, there's a space they want a, a certain you know piece of furniture. Yeah. It has to be roughly this size. Yeah. But... I mean, there's obviously the parameters set by the right. tree. Um, but then I've given, you know, if I'm lucky, I'm given some freedom within that. Some people okay. come to me and it's like, we want this, we want it this size, mm-hmm. we want it right. this wood. And, right. you know, all the boxes are checked and I maybe could suggest, a, you know, a tweak, mm-hmm. you know, just to keep it new and fresh. But yeah, yeah. A minimal. But that's not the, the, that's, I would say that's at most half of, of what I get. Uh, I mean, uh, do you find you know most I mean? people, Ron, come to you with like, you know. Well, I mean, I I literally wrote while I was waiting to come online with you guys today. I answered an email from a customer who was a pretty well-known bonsai artist, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to name names. Never. But uh, um, he he said this is the piece from from your website that I would really like you to make for me. He gave me the dimensions, and he gave me the particulars about the design he also sent me a very nice image of the tree that's going into it that's always good to have though yeah oh that's really regardless no that's very important to have yeah so i just wrote back to him and said and i'm not going to get real specific here but i said now the tree the tree that you the image you sent me i would i i would i would want to make an adjustment here with what you're asking for. And I, mm. I guess I don't want to get real specific, but I said, no, normally for the kind of tree you sent me with a right to left, a left to right direction in that tree, I would do X, Y, and Z. Mm. Yeah. Let me know. And here's, I, I literally wrote to him, here, let, this is what I would do. Mm. Let me know what you think. Mm-hmm. It's your call. Yeah. yeah. Well, I so, feel like that's, that's our job too you yeah. know so at that so at that point 
um, you either going to turn away a commission or you're going to say it's your call. And again, this is a pretty well-known bonsai artist. You're going to trust their aesthetic judgment and make the proportions that they're asking for mm, to yeah. what they're asking, asking for. I know it's hard to make right. something when you know, you know, in your own conviction, it's not quite right. And hmm. the product's not going to be what you want to see it be, but still make it that's, anyway, because that's the order. Huh? That's true. That's, that's, that's tough. And then you got to steer them in a way that's not derogatory, you know, right. or, you right. know, just kind of egotistical look, I'm right, buddy. And I always mm-hmm. am. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's his real dance. And that's, you know, yeah. a part of the job that, you know, obviously doesn't get any attention. Hmm. Um, it's always kind of fun, though, when you do manage to kind of steer it in a way that you're kind of happy with, you know, and you, you well, play it's, that. It's, it, I think this is an important discussion we're having right here between between us, Austin, because when when someone actually defers to you and says, I would like your input. That's a really important moment because they're not just ordering something you've already made before and make it make something else as close as that as possible. Yeah. But but that's when I go back to him and said. That's. Brian just walked in the room. Okay. But I mean, that's when you're asking for images of the tree mm-hmm. and saying, I'd like to, you know, if you want my input, I'd like to give you my input. Mm hmm. Because I would like to be excited about the pot I'm making for you. Yeah, and I would Boom. like to be excited about the the product that comes of it. Yes. You know, yeah, I exactly. want to create something that, you know, exactly. you're going to enjoy, exactly. but exactly. I feel like has merit, you know. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like so you're going to do less. That's... Sorry, go ahead, yeah. Ron. No, that's uh, I think that's important that we we talked about some of this stuff because it's kind of our job. Like we have a wealth of experience that we can offer up. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. And yeah, we able to pull on that to help. We're talking about people coming to you with an idea of what they want. And maybe that you don't feel is just perfect in the direction. Right. Trying to kind of steer that, or what do you do with that? Uh huh. Yeah. And Challenging. Yeah. How do you keep it? I don't happy? experience that like you guys do. Mm-hmm. That's but, not. That's not really. Well, I was what just I, sharing a yeah. recent experience and sort of how the freedom to you know create in the lab was a, is just different, but maybe opening up the possibility for clients to you know if they approach Ron for a pot, it's like, well, let's get Austin. Mm-hmm. You know, are you interested in getting Austin kind of involved and coming at it from that more holistic? process of including the stand and the pot from the beginning design yeah, designing both all aspects at the mm-hmm. same time mm-hmm. early instead of individually but kind of starting yeah. that as a whole yeah that's normally they call up ron and like what when do you get a real flurry like what february you think march like when do people really come looking for pots for oh it's all it's it's all year long it's oh. amazing but but late winter of course yeah that's for... the big yeah yeah, but I mean, they're hoping to have me be able to make something in a month. You oh, know? yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah. So, well, then you have to be but realistic no. about timeline too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I had to tell somebody this year that it just wasn't gonna make it. You know, I was right? Just like, right. It is what it is. Like, there's just no way. Yeah. 
You know, I can work but my if, butt off, and there's just no way. But if you want to have it, yeah, I will make here's it. When I'm happy too. Here's, but here's yeah, here's when I can make it. Yeah, and that's that's good. That's all you can do. That's counter to the way we're really trained, especially these days, where you're just clicking and ordering online. It comes in. It's done. You know, do you want a blue, red, or black? Yeah. You know, small, medium, or large. I don't know. I feel like I feel like people wanting custom stuff, although there is like a innate behavior and we're trained to utilize technology and expedite the process. People that want custom, they anticipate waiting, I feel like. Yeah, some although I have to say, funnily enough, this year I feel like more people have been kind of in a bit of a rush hmm. than in past years. Oh, interesting. And I feel like I'm the opposite. I am having to extend my delivery time just because mm -hmm. things take so much longer to do mm -hmm. these but, days. But there's there's no there's no exhibitions. There's no shows coming up that are predictable. Yeah, I know, but still people are wanting it now. Or I yes, feel like more people have come to me saying they want things in a shorter time frame than I normally would tell people I can produce it in. That's our, funny. That's our not, patients that's are all used up. We're done. That's we're done not waiting. Happening. Yeah. <laughs> Is that not happening to you, Ron? No, it's not. I mean, it's not everybody's that way, but I can think of three specific times already this year where they've been like, and I need it in like, you know, four to six weeks. Yeah. Four, four times. One guy was just like, I need it. Yeah, he needed it in a month. And I was just like, there's no way conceivable that that could happen, right. you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And it's just like, I'm happy to do it. It's just time is going to be what time's going to be on this, you know? Hmm. Ryan, Ryan, one of, the, one of the things we're Austin and I are talking about is how much, how much input we want to give to customers. Um, and basically also, obviously people that are sophisticated enough to send us pictures of the trees that we're making containers or stands for. And, um, uh, and it, it, you know, it really varies. They're saying, we want your input. I appreciate your input. Um, and, um, well, that, that, that's what Austin and I face all the time. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, the thing that I've kind of pushed for, I think from the beginning was just this, uh, you know, notion of creating work that could guide the, pro you know, Ron, I, I've asked Oscar for this and I think the lab definitely opened the door to, um, although I don't know how economically feasible it is and maybe that's part of the discussion, but you to just creatively make work and invite people to engage with it, you know, right. I mean, they would have to own it, but, um, you know, Austin, mm. you make creative stands. Do you make creative stands outside of specifics for trees? Like just, just to, just to make them. I know you may, I know you have, um, more like economically feasible stands, but do you ever just go off oh, on a big tangent? Go off on the rails. Yeah. Do you ever go off? That's, that's my question about making things on speculation. Austin, the same question. Yeah, I mean, in other years, I'm, uh, you know, this year I'm a little more reticent. Mm -hmm. I mean, that curved leg stands kind of was a little bit of a, you know, yeah, out there kind of experience. We filmed that, by the way. Oh, sweet! Yeah. I'd like to see. It's, it's, it's Did you put a tree ready. on it? Uh, no. Oh, I really want to see a tree on it. You want me to put a tree on it? I mean, I'll just, put a tree on. Just it. Don't treat it like you did the last one. That was not on. my fault. I that know. was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll put something on it. I'll pull it back in. I'll happily do that. 
I just love to see a tree on that. I, I don't. I I guess part of me is I don't know what tree you put on that. Um, but that that black and red, I just never really seen that. Yeah, you know, and I don't know what pair how that pairs with something. Yeah. Super aggressive. Gotta, yeah, pee. it's a bit of a yeah, it's a bit of a challenge to to temper that. I just and, like, the... but I think if you do get that, you know, if you tame that horse, I think it's going to be a sweet ride. I was thinking, I wasn't thinking a horse. I felt, I felt like it's more aggressive than that. More aggressive than a horse, mm-hmm, like a bull, like Pretty, a bull. Yeah, tame oh, that sweet. Bull. Mm-hmm. That's fifteen seconds. If you can get on that thing for fifteen seconds or eight, eight <laughs> I was seconds. hoping for eight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eight uh, we got a new good. bar now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I want to see what rides that. Yeah, so I guess you did. You kind of punched that out there for spec and allowed somebody to engage with it. That's cool. Yeah. That's very. That's that's. So, cool. I mean, I'm happy to do that. Obviously, those are very risky maneuvers. What about some of your concrete pieces? I mean, the concrete's so new, I haven't had a chance to do anything with it. I want to, and I had planned to have concrete spec stands for the National this year. Uh-huh. I, I mean, that was the goal, hmm. was to show up with at least one concrete stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that obviously got pushed back when it was canceled. Mm-hmm. And I just, I haven't had the time. Yeah. I mean, I have plans for concrete and furniture, too, that I haven't been able to actualize. So a lot of that's just waiting for time at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, I've been grabbing ripe fruit instead of, you know, getting speculative on things this year. I'm just going for one in the hand every got, time. Kind of got to right now. Yeah, that's kind of, I mean, at least been my strategy. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would really like to explore that. And I, you know, got ideas um, for like speculative works based off the concrete mm-hmm. um, and furniture. I mean, I want to explore that more. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I look forward to it. And I will one of these but, days. But how do you how do you deal with dimensions? As soon as you go there, well, you, you go to, to safe to... dimensions. Because one, I mean, there is kind of, I mean, trees run the gamut. There are like more universal, yeah. universally accepted sizes. It's safe like, for me, at least. I feel like, and I may be wrong on this, but it's safer to go crazy spec in like a cascade kind of round square pot realm because i feel like those tend to fit into some pretty like you know yeah i feel like there's some sweet bots with the square format yep. you know where it works with a whole lot of stuff I agree. you know mm-hmm. there's like two tiers of that then they're gonna encompass a lot um whereas with the oval rectangular i feel like there's a lot of nuance there you um, talking about the, con- the container yeah i feel like with spec um to get wild and crazy like to, to kind of define the space that has more of an average container uh, size that fits more. And the square, I feel like, works better. And also, those trees tend to be a little tighter and tend to not, you know, if you got a real broad tree, you're going to need more of a stand. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of fine fitting with that yep. between the rectangular and then the overall expanse of the stand. Like, I feel like to walk into that territory on spec, you're almost inevitably somebody's going to want it a quarter inch, like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas with the square thing, it's like, I know there's a tree out there for that yep. size. Yep. And okay. so I feel okay. like I have more freedom to go there. And the one spec concrete was going to be kind of a square format. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Ryan, Ryan, for you, huh. the question about bone about container people making containers on spec Mm -hmm. what what works for you i mean it's like i think about what i could make that 
that would work for you, Ryan? Well, when I, I mean, when we do commissions, I would say 60% of the time the pot works when we get it here. Size and all the details and style and everything, you know, like I'd say 60% of the time it works, which is pretty darn good because we've done a lot of collaborative pieces together. But those 40% of the time where the container doesn't work, I'm not at all upset because now I have a great container for the right tree that's going to come along. And that is a really interesting uh, that is a really interesting thing to have containers available to do creative things when the sort of mood strikes, you know, like it does that allow a, a immediacy? It, it, it allows you to be very uh, cavalier in the trees that you choose to handle. And I think mm -hmm. this is one of the secrets to being able to handle so many really radical trees at Mirai is we do tend to have a lot of options sitting around that, you know, facilitate playing a lot more. I think. And, and, and Ryan, is this the way you communicate with your other uh, international ceramic art, ceramic bonsai artists? I mean, I have different relationships with each artist that we work with, for sure. Um, and most of them work with us because I don't try to in any way handle or dictate what they make. And I, and, okay. But that means that what I get from them is, is in and how it's used is in response to the work that they choose to make and send. So it is a little bit like that for me, but I just think like, um, I just think you could do the same thing and be more exploratory of, you know, what you wanted to make as opposed to what, um, what feels commercially feasible. And I think Austin could too, obviously there's a, a threshold to both, but, but at the lab project, if it sh proves nothing else, it proves that that beginning being from your guys perspective uh can create some pretty magical things and i and i um i'm hearing what you're saying i really am I'm, i understand mm -hmm. that, but there's um, a but there's a but coming yeah i know there's a but no, no, coming no, there's, there's a but no, coming. no 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 there's no there's not a but it's a challenge for me to continue and make to continue to make my best pieces, and in a lot of ways for me, it's my largest pieces. It doesn't have to be large. It doesn't have to be large at all. But I definitely think, like, I definitely think you could inject your creativity into the bonsai community more by making a few out-of-the-box pieces, you know? Right. Uh, yep. Whereas I think your pieces that you're making, not on spec, but just as general i think commercial availability are beautiful they're always beautiful what you and sharon do you know it's like uh, an occasional piece that gets thrown in there and or tossed out to maybe you even select somebody and you make a piece and you invite them to participate with it or something you know you could catalyze some really interesting compositions on your own right yeah so ron was saying you know asking what he's what the sort of impact at least at this point that we can tell about the lab is he's feeling somewhat more encouraged to try some sort of you know bonsai insights mm -hmm. uh, exhibit again but oh uh, interesting but revisit that theme but mm -hmm. now with more awareness and obviously better access to trees and an artist than he did you know what was that 96 you, you did that what what year was that something like that yeah Ryan, Ryan, you remember the whole concept of Bonsai Insights. Yeah. Where the invitation goes to ceramic artists to try to envision uh, from their normal 
and these are these are sculpt sculptural artists to envision something that they could make that could uh, house a, a, a living bonsai, you know. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, th I, I feel like that. I feel like that's where you really start to tap into the new stuff. Well, that's sort of what the extension of the lab is looking to do: is to have the the bonsai be the consistent thing, theme, or uh, sorry, the consistent element of terms of the person familiar with the process. You've got to have the bonsai, you know, artisan, but then bringing in um, not just ceramic ceramic artists, but you know, we've talked about glass artists or fiber artists or just other media to create that vessel for the for the tree mm -hmm. and the same for the stand too so present it mm -hmm. so that's where you get the you know really moving outside of the the familiar yeah you could do some wild stuff in glass yeah we sort of started we, we didn't get a chance to see it last summer after the suyama exhibit but we yeah. had that exhibit up in capitol hill and we were working with glass artists and fiber artists and you know, wood sculptors who are doing different woodwork, mm -hmm. but still. Um, so yeah, that was really exciting to just to see what happens, and everyone was receptive too. It was, it wasn't a hard a hard sell. Jonathan Hogan's that guy is really talented. That was really neat to get to see his work. Mm -hmm. I yeah. wish I wish we would have gotten to see the Western Juniper on that piece. I really wanted to. That was that was the one that really stood out to me as like I need to see that. Yeah, and I was just thinking about that the other day, and I was like, oh man, we should have bought the. We obviously didn't have the money, but we had the opportunity to buy the piece that it was on, but it was just not. Yeah, not in our budget. Yeah, not in the budget. But yeah, yeah. he's really talented. Yeah, following his work on social media, it's like, wow. Yeah, he's he's uh, blown up a lot. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm missing the name of the piece person you're talking about. Jonathan Hogan is a glass artist in Seattle, and he uh, okay. he had done a, a a a sculpture that we had had the one of our trees on. At, uh, at, a, at a simultaneous exhibit when Lab Three happened last summer, and we all tried to get up there, but it just it didn't happen um, before they closed. So, but uh, but yeah, that's kind of that was kind of like a little preview of maybe what Lab Two could be with a little bit more length. And we only had we had uh, speaking of compression, that was maybe two and a half months from when we were approached to do that oh, that sure. exhibit to when it had to go in. Nice. Maybe maybe three months. Ooh, here's an idea for you. What if you had somebody like Jonathan Hogan make a piece and then you uh, you invited a group of artists to submit proposals? Mm-hmm. Bonsai artists. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, uh, mm -hmm. you, you, you kind of opened it up for submissions mm -hmm. to, to make a composition with that yeah. piece. That, that could be really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because, because the, the planting, the planting space, all those dimensions are critical, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, I think they're critical, and I think um, if you want to, I think like the, the the gamble with the lab project is that each person is gonna, you don't know what they're gonna do, and that's what you kind of want, but you also n are hoping to end up with something of of quality, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why the choice of the individual is so tough. Well, you know, if if you're gonna start to try and branch out into the the external world, and you always want to link to bonsai, then it seems like shopping that idea out there and allowing people to respond to it mm -hmm. allows the museum to potentially pick directions that it could go 
you know, or utilize to explore and have a little bit more input into the lab as well. Uh huh. You know. Yeah, I mean, just kind of like uh, you know, architects, you have a bit a bidding process sure. for designs Absolutely. for the site, right? Yep. There's there's there's. I love this idea for bonsai. Mm-hmm. I love this idea for bonsai. Like if everybody wants so, to call so, it an so, art. Mm-hmm. So so Ryan, if, if I understand, the challenge could be to, to make the container. The container then exists. It has dimensions. Yeah. And then it is, then you ask for trees that could work with it. You ask for concepts of how it could be utilized. You make the trees bid, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the, the ideas bid. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. But would you have that prop, would you have that individual propose a a total, um, you know, composition including the stand or then i mean how would you break that up then in the process to allow a stand to fit into that proposal would would the stand come first then and dictate the you know it's it's, yeah it goes back to the process right i I mean you know maybe you could have a bonsai practitioner or find a piece that's been created or or um you know commission somebody to make a tree and then you could put a, put that out there for a group of ceramic mm-hmm. artists to respond to. You could have a person make a piece of glass and put that out to a bunch of bonsai yeah, practitioners. You... you could have a sculpture mm-hmm. yeah. and put that sculpture out there for a bunch of, you know, whatever mm-hmm. stand makers, if you will. Mm-hmm. Or... I feel like the sculpture kind of can encompass stand and vessel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like sculpture has the to... biggest potential to be both. Like mm-hmm. if you were to have a sculpture created mm-hmm. initially, yeah. mm-hmm. And then have people design a tree for that sculpture. You you've almost made the stand redundant at that point. I mean, depending on what the depending on the context. Is, I I think the biggest thing the stand does do is is provide context. You know, yeah. like I guess uh, you're hoping the sculpture provides that in its own right. Yeah, but yeah, I, I agree. I agree completely. Um, Austin, I think that's a I think that's an it's a good understanding that. The sculptor would probably not be considering something going under yeah. their sculpture. He'd piss them off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so many sculpt- sculptors' work sits on surfaces. Like, you don't think that they White think pedestals. about that? Maybe that's not the way they would want them to sit. I'm just, I'm just really uh, encouraged to hear Austin respond to that because that's always been something i've been reticent to say oh because reticent? you don't want to you don't want to shut me out yes yeah <laughs> i i'll appreciate the fight you know i don't i don't feel like i'm afraid of getting you know see ron yes. down. you know you, this this comes this comes back from ron because he was so hurt when we said that the ceramic vessel was the limiting factor of moving away from bonsai. No, yeah. no, you said, and he was no, just no, like, no, Jesus no, no. Christ, are you doing no, away with no, the bonsai no, pot? No, and I no, said, no, yes, no, no, you've no, officially no. become worthless. Evolution <laughs> doesn't work that quickly, Ron. We, we should be able to survive. <laughs> yeah. So now Ron's time. like, hey, Austin, that's right. Austin, <laughs> that son of a bitch Austin? that makes those stands. He's not necessary either. Yeah, either. yeah no. Austin, he's eliminating you completely. He's eliminating ceramics completely. Yeah. But you know, Ron, it's really the tree I think we learned in this is the limiting factor. I mean, we were having to make vessels and stands to kind of go where this tree needed us to go. You know, the, the tree is kind of... Hey, listen, here's the deal. Without the tree, it's a, it's a dinner plate and it's furniture. Both of which people <laughs> enjoy, you know? Uh, 
<laughs> have a dinner. <laughs> yeah. Hell of a dinner. Yeah, that's right. A dinner yeah. plate. Yeah. Austin, I was Austin. I was going along with what you were just saying. Yes, the tree is the, the limiting factor. Well, no. Or the sculpture it's, would be its own stand. I'm sorry. The sculpture I'm, is I'm its lost. own stand. Yes, the yes. sculpture can be its own thing. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's what you started with the Cortin geometric structure sculpture. Yeah, I guess that is a, yeah. as a stand yes, maker. That's too. what that is. And then with your indoor facially version of that, I mean, you could. Yeah, you know, as a have stand a pot, maker, but... I feel like I can be a sculptor. Yeah. I don't have to mm-hmm. worry about being shut out because I can just assume that role. Like that piece uh, going down under, I mean, that is kind of sculpture stand in a weird way pot um is the tree going to be planted in the piece going, yeah what do you mean on the going piece. down the australian down one under? down under you know it's mate <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah 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 australia got it <laughs> yeah just gonna throw the worst accent at it so you know what i'm talking about <laughs> It's like how I used to say Riva Derchi, you know, you roll that. That's why you don't see any impressionists uh, from Texas. (laughs) Everybody's moving to Texas right now. Are they? Why would you do that? I don't know. Actually, the neighbors who moved, they went to Austin. I told you. I I mean, it's like, it's the spot. Seems to be the spot. I can speak from experience. Like, yeah, if you want to sweat. And you want to get blown away. Yeah. You know, that's a great place to do it. I mean, they do have amazing beans. <laughs> check that, out, that's the check out those Texan yeah, beans. Getting that's, wind from the ocean, getting wind from the beans. They have amazing uh, barbecue. Yes, they do that sure. too. Yeah, they Texas cook barbecue meat and beans. Good. It's good. Meat the beans. beans with a slice of white bread. Uh huh. Ron ended up moving. Ron, do you regret moving to where you have hurricanes? <laughs> no, no, no. Now that no, you can no. get two at once? No, 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 no. I'm, we're good. We're good. I, I mean, because it was like you were bummed about the winters at your old place, and now you're bummed about the hurricanes at your new place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. I think I'm, I think I'm better where we are right now. Yeah. To me, yeah. it's the heat more than the nature. The humidity. It's not. It's not. The heat's not bad. Yes, it's ninety plus for yeah. a month. I've gotten to the point at this point in my organness, I guess, that like if I can't put on a flannel, <laughs> I I feel a little uncomfortable just with oh the situation in general. Like oh it's a bit God. of a security blanket thing. <laughs> okay. I bet it is. It's like a it's like yeah. a grown man's yeah. blanket. Yeah. But like the first day in June when you can't wear a flannel anymore, I start to get confused uh. about what to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I've never thought about that. The whole hipster movement. It's like everybody looking for their security blanket. Maybe, yeah. The beard. That, that's yeah. Yeah. I mean, isn't that life in general? Hide, hide, hide behind that's it. That's Portlandia. 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 Yeah. Portlandia. You just have to worry about the Molotov cocktail catching your uh, occasional flannel on fire <laughs> before you release it. Some flammable right? shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these things burn really easily. It's acrylic, right? Yeah. Oh, God. People, we have got to get past all this crap that we're experiencing right now. All the crap. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, how is how has you talk about COVID in bonsai? I mean, those are photos. No, it's that, not. No, 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 I'm just no, 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 no. Let me, hold on a second. But the the idea of I did a little uh Google Translate on your statement mm-hmm. for the French magazine. Mm-hmm. And so bonsai is that act of solitude and sort of that that foundation, right? I mean, those were photos of it that you guys had in the in the magazine, but can you guys talk to that a little bit? How has how have you how has your relationship to what you're doing now changed? Uh, in response to sort of just the current time that we find ourselves in, is it more comforting? Is it? Do you find it? I mean, what's what's the relationship now? For me, I've been pulled away from it. Um, hmm. I don't get the same. I mean, studio times become a lot more precious. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly do not have enough time to get any to get what I need to get done at this point. And you know, I mean, in the lockdown, like. I had some finishing going on at my house, mm. um, but I was kind of limited to that. I mean, Ryan, you live, you know, more with your studio than I do, mm-hmm. um, and it's more constant. You don't even have the ability to walk away, you know, without putting someone in, you know, control. Otherwise, yeah. they die. Yep. You know, my furniture doesn't die. Um, <laughs> it's already and dead. I, I well, I mean, for for yeah, already dead. Yeah. Uh, for me. I think the the beginning of the whole thing was a little bit felt a little bit like solitude in Japan, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like a, kind of like an apprenticeship type of vibe. It was just me and Troy up here mm-hmm. and isolated and trying to get stuff done. Uh, and then and then over the course of that ability to see what it's like without the community being around, mm-hmm. I was just like, nah, I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not I'm not going to do this. This isn't this doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. So then it just kind of um honestly re re recharged the battery for me. Mm-hmm. And then uh now it's like a catapult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel you I feel, feel better than I've felt in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Creatively or Yep, creatively. Just <laughs> charging. I don't know. I just I just made a decision that I wasn't I wasn't going to stay I wasn't going to stay in the shits. You know, mm-hmm. it's like uh, try to stay educated and all of that stuff, but really trying trying to focus on putting my energy into something positive. Mm-hmm. That's a good place to be. Yeah, it's been great. The team's been the team has just been really on point lately, and we've had some wonderful people uh, come and go through Mirai recently that have engaged in some projects, and you know, the lab coming to fruition, and there've been a lot of positives. <clears throat> so. I feel pretty motivated at this point, but but when I submitted that picture to Esprit, that was like pretty, yeah, pretty dark. That was a dark moment, man. <laughs> that was when you were Troy. Were uh... that was a dark moment? Yeah, that mm-hmm. one was tough. Mm. Oh. What about you, Ron? How's this whole thing? Uh, I'm of... I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I feel so blessed to have a studio that I can go to and isolate in my studio and continue to make my work to be creative and yet still be outside of all this yeah you you and ryan kind of share that country definitely a country vibe definitely unfortunate i would think you and me austin would share that more than ryan because ryan is cut off from going internationally and going out there and doing workshops and all that, you and I can go to our studio. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, even on my studio space, I mean, we run a space with like 40 artists in it. Um, so that we had to navigate early in this thing. I mean, we had to organize right. the studio to even be open. Um, as right. a manager, you can take liberties on a closed studio and still go in. Um, but we then had to like convert the space for more people. Um, I see. Yeah. But then at the same time, too, there's benefits to having a lot of people around, but then you don't get them in this era like right now mm -hmm. you know like we've had to we have a common space that we normally have in the studio and it got to be kind of problematic uh with some of the tenants and so we just had to turn the chairs upside down and push the tables to the wall and just kind of close it down so you know there isn't any more you know that kind of like cooler interaction that you used to get and it was kind of my favorite part about not having yeah. a studio that was just <clears> me <throat> yeah you know, that solitude thing like i didn't you know, at a point that becomes, you know, you have your team here, so you can kind of escape. Yeah, but that. I didn't. I know when you. But didn't, I did. But yeah. The, the the lesson of COVID is solitary. We are not. Yeah. At least that's what I found out. Mm. Well, and it's just yeah, it's nice to be able to even bad ideas and just to have that interaction. You know, when you get alone too much in your own world, with you know, trying to create stuff, it. I feel like you're not yeah. getting the full potential. Yeah, I I, I mean, you start. You you write Walden, yeah, is what you do exactly. You know, nobody wants to read that. No, I'm just kidding. I know there are people out there that appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Not in this community, I'm sure. <laughs> no, yeah, it, yeah. You get inside your own echo chamber. Well, and I think it probably depends on what what is your motivation. You know, like what is your motivation right now, and like. The motivation right now, as far as I'm concerned, is not to recede the role of at least bonsai or the availability and access to bonsai. That's not for me. I don't feel like that's that's my objective or motivation or and I also don't think that's a positive thing to do um, from my perspective for what I feel like bonsai Mariah can and does contribute to the bonsai community. I want to keep it going. And I think it was. <clears throat> there was like a universal shutdown that I think had a big impact on like allowing everybody to take a moment, you know, and sort of recalibrate because it just shut everything down. Mm -hmm. It was universal. But then it's like, well, you know, that, that time where everything stops is when you sit there and you're like, well, what, what do I, what do I want to do? What am I going to do? What's going to happen if this all goes away or how do you prevent that from happening? Am, am I in the fight? Am I in it? You know, like, am I going to stay in this fight? A lot of people didn't stay in the fight. Yeah, it was, it, I'm starting to notice this week a lot of the release signs are starting to proliferate. Yeah, yeah. I haven't noticed that till now, but this week there's been two in just my daily proximity that it's like, oh, they're gone now. You yeah. know, like they're starting to, you know, pop, 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 pop. Kind of like the popcorn after the first minute when mm -hmm. it just starts to reach that. Yeah critical critical mass yeah it's not even a, and it's not a judgment it's just like man do 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 you want to fight this battle because being i think being creative in a a moment like during a pandemic that's a that's a tough ask you know yeah well and so. then with that creative thing i mean it's not like if i go out of business i'm still going to be creative like mm -hmm. and this is not a job this is not something i you know i'm going to do till i get fired it's, like it's not but a you switch chose that to goes use off. you chose to use creativity to be able to feed yourself too 
you know, and that's like, well, I think that's <laughs> my more my punishment than my choice. I <laughs> know, I understand. You know, like self-inflicted wound. Feel like that was an option. You know, it's like, how do I make? I was actually thinking of this the other day. I have a friend who's a professor, and we talk about college and how they teach art and how they what expectations they give students, and and oftentimes how they fall drastically short on preparing them. But I feel like if you you know you have that creative thing in you, part of that creative creativity is how do i support myself now in this way you have to be creative about income as much as you have to be creative yeah in what you make that's an interesting point strong point are you saying the 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 hard it's been more challenging to engage in the creative process as a result of this or no push to push to be to push yourself to grow in that creative endeavor i guess what exactly are you talking about with the creativity because I think, I mean, if anything, I, I've, I think more people are engaging in probably being creative more than they ever have because they have the time to do it. And it's such a solace from, you know, it's an escape in a lot of ways from, you know, what, what you have to face in, in regards to that. So Yeah, I guess know. there's a difference, though, is creativity as an escape and then creativity as a pursuit. Yeah, and, that's, what, and, that's what I'm trying to ask living. for the distinction. Are you distinguishing? Creativity as a pursuit, we have less time to be creative. That's the thing with that's been right. holding me back more than anything. It's just the simply matter of time mm-hmm. that I have to be creative. Like mm-hmm. I am on there. But, but that minimums. comes that comes directly related to the fact that you're a parent. Yes, that, that is a, parent, a huge and, part of that. And I think that's the delineation too, even mm-hmm. inside of creative and like more time, less time. It's like are you a parent or are you not a parent? Mm-hmm. Not not like that. Not like that is the single limiting thing, but I think that's a big one because kids aren't in school. And that, yeah. that mm-hmm. for creative people has been, you know, something that you kind of come to terms with mm-hmm. and figure out how that interacts and works mm-hmm. in how life. You and navigate the two simultaneously. Mm-hmm. I've been lucky in that we have daycare mm-hmm. and have yeah. had it for more than a lot of people have had it. Yeah, I have not. Yeah, I have <laughs> not. <laughs> Taft has become an embedded part of Mariah. No, and we're very happy to have all yeah. you know. He's mm-hmm. right. Ro- he's ro- rocking out, and that's how you you know. There's learning in that too for for kids. Sure. Um, yeah, he's 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 gotten into bone. At least he says says he's into bone. So I don't know if it's authentic or not. But, yeah, but wow. he he helps me in the studio sometimes now. So cool. that's pretty cool. Yeah. No, I I think and then there's and then and then again, it, the beginning of it was just a uh, a moment to recharge. I felt mm-hmm. that pretty big mm-hmm. time. Yeah. The moment that it turned from crappy, overcast, cloudy, and rainy to sunny and warm was just like. Yeah. Well, I feel like early in this, like it turned cannon. from crappy, overcast, rainy to sunny and warm, and then wait, back wait, to wait, 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 crappy, wait, overcast, wait. rainy. What, 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 what? What is sunny and warm? Tell me what sunny and warm is. Well, more You're physically, better. weather. We've been over 100 degrees several times. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You're talking literally. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, we're not metaphorically happy. It's kind of both. I'm still metaphoric here. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. but I think it's, I think, I think it's, I think it's one for one exchange. You know, like that. See, Ron, you live in North Carolina now where you have warmth and sun. In the Pacific Northwest, like, People's people's physiological response to the environment is dictated by sun. How much though? It's interesting. I mean, this is our first you know nice rain and a hot minute. Uh huh. How how did it feel? How does it feel right now that it's raining? Oh, it feels so good. I uh, felt like I could talk softly. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it, it's interesting. The kids were like, 
I miss the rain. Uh huh. You know, I mean, well, on every level, it's like, I mean, just, I mean, you finally get rid of that milk spill that Cooper did on the front porch a few days ago <laughs> that was kind of baked in there. But it's like, I mean, people I know downtown, everybody's happy to have just the cleansing factor of it. Mm-hmm. Like everything needed a good wash, mm-hmm. you know? And then just like the environmental factor of it with, you know, everything was thirsty. You know, the grass mm-hmm. is just gone. There's no saving that at this point. <laughs> yeah. But some of the trees are starting to, you know, in the ground are getting a little stressed. Yep. And mm-hmm. then with the fires kind of where they're at, like especially the the Mosier one that's, you know, our I think closest. Um, I don't know if this did anything for them. It wasn't that heavy, but yeah, you know, it couldn't have hurt. But even just, the drop in temperature. Yeah, yeah the relief there. It's just mm-hmm. kinda like, okay, well maybe now they got a leg up there and it was just like on multiple levels, that was just like dang, you know, this yeah. has just been like And the relative humidity jumped up. That mm-hmm. also helps yeah. a lot. Yeah. It was it was it was humid today. Yeah. And yesterday too, hmm. yeah. Ron, what's your humidity like in North Carolina? Always, always hot and humid. What kind and of what kind of heat and what kind of humidity? Well, we're talking middle middle nineties and probably seventy five to eighty percent. Yeah, humidity. you're kidding yourself. Yeah, see, that's what Houston was like. You're kidding yourself. Mm-mm. That's why I don't know no. who wants to move. You just don't Texas. go outside. I mean, that's that's Mm-mm. what you do. Yeah. No. You go I out lived in that. that mo- I lived run? in that for six years in Japan, where you had to go outside and water. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nope, DC wasn't too far off. Yeah. <laughs> Do you go outside, Ron? Do I go outside? Yeah, yeah. it's that hot and humid. Yeah. Do you do a oh, lot yeah. of? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. You don't let that get in your way. No, no, no. There's air conditioning several feet away. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, golf cart has the drop sides with the AC. Yeah, the, yeah, the golf cart. Yeah. yeah. Right, 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 right. It's, it's like you can go on hikes in that thing. The interesting there thing you, about living somewhere go. like that is everybody is always sweaty and sticky everywhere yeah. you go. So it's not even like you have to be self conscious about it. You're like everybody else is is nasty, sweaty, sticky. Yeah, Coop's new thing, and now when I get home from the shop, is I can't play with him until I take a shower because uh-huh. I'm stinky and dirty, and I, he doesn't want me to touch his toys <laughs> and like transfer the stink. Makes sense onto them. You're dirty. You're a dirty man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He would not do well in North Carolina. Are you North or South Carolina, Ron? Every time I forget. You're like the northern Car- part of one, right? Are you the northern you're- part of South Carolina? Exactly. Yeah, uh, no, like, no, 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 no. Wait, no. wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, it's the southern part of Northern the, Carolina. I'm in the southern part yeah. of North Carolina. Oh, okay. I know it's something like that. You don't even know where you live. See, that's not. I don't know where I live. <laughs> hey, Aaron, has the has the pandemic? Um, how has it impacted the museum? You asked how it impacted us. I'm how how I'm interested in how it's impacted you guys. Yeah, I mean, um, in in the same way, it was uh, you know, a break. We still, you know. All of our staff, you know, Kathy and Catherine and everyone who utilizes a computer screen has not really been around for since March. You know, we sort of have a rotating schedule. So the proximity to coworkers has has changed dramatically to where I was it's, wondering what you were doing in that office. Yeah, it's just well, and yeah, it's pretty small, so it limits the amount of people that can yeah, be in it. I was wondering how um, you guys were negotiating that. If yeah, you're all still using it, or we we sort of have a scheduled system. We we know when some people are coming in, and so it's it kind of is a revolving door. Mm-hmm. Um, so which so which has been a challenge. You know, it was Kathy and Catherine hadn't seen each other since March, up until last week. Oh wow! In the in person, like oh, Zoom wise, but like. You know, just imagine working with someone that you just you've never seen them. You know, you haven't seen them in 
four or five months. So, so that's, that's been, a, that's taken a big impact on, you know, I think all works, work environments, but, um, uh, you know, we've, we've tried to, we've, we've had to you know, adjust to the public bathrooms and having less, you know, le- uh, more touch, touchless technology in place there. But yeah, in terms of visitation, summer is always kind of low for us because of people are usually out, you know, normally, uh, doing camping or vacations and on the drive down here today, it definitely looked like that. There were people with, I couldn't tell you how many campers I passed driving, yeah. mm-hmm. driving down from Seattle on a Friday afternoon. So, so, you know, our visitation is, is about the same. I wouldn't say it's more, I wouldn't say it's less. It, it feels maybe slightly down than what it should be, but it's not like it's, uh, you know, very different. So, you know, thankfully, kind of like Ron was saying, you know, we have, we, we, we've, from an operational standpoint, it's been, um, it's been an, an adaptation, but we've we've adjusted and mm-hmm. are kind of working it out. Um, we're going to need to be looking for a a replacement for Patrick, who retired uh, recently. So um, we've kind of had some staff turnover, which you know is always part of it. Part of it, but it becomes a different uh, part of the just part of the conversation for what needs to happen moving forward. So yeah. it becomes more of a priority. So thankfully, we're heading into a you know the fall and, and winter so it'll be a good time to onboard somebody but um but yeah i mean big big stuff the lab the exhibit and branch out um trying aaron. to trying to coordinate you know uh aaron. yes pass, aaron aaron what pass me over to ryan okay pass me over to ryan okay ron my name's austin <laughs> <laughs> one of these days i would just love it if you could uh thank you thank we look you. we look similar when you coming out right. when are you going to come out and see us next ron oh wow <laughs> that that would that would be a real that would be wonderful mm-hmm. i hope we can do that i do too i know hey i'm what 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 let me let me look at the calendar five more days Five, five. Coming out here. And you're coming out? No. Oh. I'm going to be 70, 71 years old. What? 71. No kidding. Wow. You're a how, spry how old, 71, right? Ryan, yeah. Ryan, how old is your father? Uh, my father is, I believe my dad will either be 69 or maybe 70 this year. Ryan, I'm a fucking older than your father. I know. Okay. <laughs> Austin, how old is your are your are your parents still around? Yeah, yeah. I think my dad's about seventy one. Maybe oh, I could just okay. say seventy two, okay. so you can't okay. tell me you're older than my yeah. dad. No, okay. <laughs> and he's an old fart. He's an old fart like me, right? Yeah, yeah. Fairly okay. spry too. I'd say he's. You're spry as hell, Ron. Yeah, <laughs> spry as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Look at that. Look at that. Pat those power fists. How much longer are you going to make bonsai pots? Another 20, 30 years? Ryan, that's a really good question. And and uh, are we still on podcast? Yeah. Always. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I, in all honesty, I don't know. Are you it, getting tired get, of it? Uh, it's getting complicated with all, you know, filling orders and blah, 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 blah. Yep. Mm. You know, why don't you hire somebody like, to do that for you? Just make some shit. Yeah, well, well, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, Ryan, if I had my dream, my wish, 
someone would buy my studio from me mm -hmm. who wanted to run it as a ceramic studio. Not a not a bonsai ceramic sure. studio. Yeah, that's fine. A ceramic studio. Mm -hmm. And would let this old fart come in every now and again and make some pots, right? Mm -hmm. And and um believe it or not, there's a there's a person that I have in mind that that, that could do that. I don't know if he had I don't know if he has the wherewithal financially to do that. Yeah. But uh it would be a beautiful thing if I could just turn all this over to someone and just come in and just diddle in the studio. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. I mean, it's, it, you've earned it. You've definitively earned it. Oh, wow. Buffalo trace whiskey. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Not even messing around. <laughs> Not even messing around, Ron. Mm -hmm. that's street cred right there <laughs> well well thank you I, I appreciate that i've earned it i don't know if i've earned it but um well you've changed I I, you know you know you know i uh, it's, it's it's such a cliche i wish i was 20 years younger i think you came along at the right time to have the impact that you and sharon have had mm -hmm. on bonsai in north america thank you thank you thank you ryan yeah that's that's very real you really you and you know it's uh the innovation that you've added and stuff you, you can't go on for forever and and ceramics is a very physically demanding thing mm -hmm. so i i'm glad that you were willing to talk about that i didn't want to put you in a tough position no no i i appreciate that it's really generous and it's uh it's obviously something on my mind mm -hmm. and uh i hope some i hope we can we can I hope I can keep. I hope I can keep working. You know, this buffalo trace is cut, catching up to me. Good, it's good, <laughs> it's good. So, Ron, you would you would continue to work, but it'd be much. It'd be it look much different from what you're doing now. Would it be more personal uh, projects, or would you still be doing work for commission? Well, here, here's the problem. If I if I would sell my studio and and get out of my studio, I'm not going to sell my business. I'm I'm not going to sell my name. Mm -hmm. Lang Bonsai is going to end with Lang Bonsai, right? Mm. So someone could buy a ceramic studio, and uh, I'm just hoping that person would let me come in every now and again as a dawdling senior citizen. And continue to make some pots. I don't know. That's my that's my hope. That's interesting. I mean, we we all know that you know. Hey just, Ryan. Hey yeah. Ryan. Yeah. My prices. My prices have just gone up thirty percent. Thirty forty percent. Well, and if you have any older inventory, yeah, yeah, it just I became know, more I valuable. Know. No, I'm, I'll be. I'm sorry. I'm only kidding. I'm but, about ready to release all my Ron Langs for sale right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna strike it rich. I invested in the Ron Lang portfolio of work. No, I mean, uh, you know, I really, Ryan, I really, Ryan, I really hope I can come out there and and share some time with you again. Uh, I think sometime, we, I think we just need to soon. prioritize that. We should. We really should. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we we have formed a a relatively, I think, strong bond. Working together, I mean, I I was friends in New Austin prior, and obviously you and I were friends and and worked together prior, and Aaron and I were friends, and worked together prior. But you know, 
going through this whole thing together. Know, we're gonna kind of miss the. It's you know, it's like we're all gonna kind of go our ways. Yeah, yeah, a know? little bit, but that. Uh, but we're all very close. We just get Ron out here. He's he's the fourth musketeer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess yeah, it was yeah. easier when there were scheduled visits for Ron. That's you know, right. Twice a year. We'll we get him out. We'll get him out. We'll get him out. I'm very, I'm very adaptable. Yeah, we we um, definitely need to get together ag- again. I think it would be really, I think it'd be really enjoyable. Not even necessarily to pursue work, but just to to exchange creative ideas. Take a moment, have some space, you know, sit down and talk a little bit, enjoy some Buffalo Trace together because yeah. Ron, that's what Ron's bringing. Maybe go on a road trip. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about a road trip with the boys, Ron? Where? <laughs> Ooh, the sky's the limit. Man, I really would like to go see Bryce Canyon. I'd go there. Yeah, Bryce Bryce, Canyon and Zion. Mm-hmm. Utah? Zion, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, it. I've never been there. I feel like over the winter time, especially, it's the time to go. Tafta Yosemite. Y- Yosemite. Yosemite? Mm. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got Yosemite on the calendar this winter. <laughs> Alaska's also up there. Have you guys ever been to Alaska? Yeah. I have not. Yeah, I, yeah, I have not either. That looks looks pretty cool. Yeah, Alaska's pretty cool. I would like to see uh, more of Alaska. No, Yosemite is definitely on the winter calendar for me. Was it, it nice in the winter? Uh, a little snow? It, 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 it was unbelievable. Hmm. Unbelievable last winter. We went down after they got four feet of snow, and I had communicated with Ron I was going, and he was, you know, we had exchanged uh, correspondence and it just did not disappoint i, I would yeah. like to do it again in a lot of snow i would like to um snowshoe in the snowshoe in the back country nice yes yep yeah i'm there dinner we're, we're, I want we're dinner. almost done dude we're almost done you're doing great I want dinner. yeah <laughs> ron you want to come out and go to yosemite in i want snow? dinner uh, you, oh, you yeah. want dinner? You're <laughs> yeah. well. What time is it there? Breakfast, Midnight. Was breakfast for him. Yeah. <laughs> Midnight. Eleven thirty. Oh, yeah. geez. We need to let you get your beauty sleep. That's right. I need my sleep. So- I need my sleep soon. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that everybody was able to get together and that mm. we were able to just sit down and it feels it feels more celebratory tonight than mm-hmm. anything to me sure it's yeah. nice yeah it's nice mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. Good. yes good yes absolutely well, it's done. it should be celebratory mm-hmm. yeah it's not at this point that's not fun i i do i do think saturday was very powerful it was yeah. Yeah. seeing it seeing mm-hmm. it brought to completion very small uh intimate group of individuals mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. to share it and talk about it i really enjoyed the way that it worked out mm-hmm. i am sad that everybody that was a part of it over the course of all four events wasn't there necessarily mm-hmm. you Definitely. know but uh but um right. it's nice right. to get together in a little bit more lighthearted spirit and and talk about it because i think it was really productive yeah yeah, thanks for hosting us. Absolutely, absolutely. Good seeing you, Ron. Thanks for thanks for being a sport. Ron. I'm going to give you the cycle. <laughs> really enjoyed getting to talk with you tonight, sir. And we'll get you out here soon. High five! High five! High five! Love it. See you, Ron. Love you guys. Love you too, Ron. Good, good night, everybody. Hi, Aaron. Aaron. Yep. Hi, Aaron. Hey, Ro- good night, Austin. Hi. Oh Michael. my God! Yeah, yeah, Aaron and Aaron too, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. All right, Ron. If only I was as tall. Good yeah. night, guys. Take Thank care you. of yourself, night, sir. Night, Ron. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Our pleasure. Good, good, good night. Good night.